Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, uh, people of the world, people of America. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a brand new edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this Friday, May the 13th. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidis, and it is great to be with you here on this day, ladies and gentlemen. All right, guys, so we are spilling in it a little bit early today. Uh, not that it would make a difference to those who catch the replay or those who catch the podcast. Uh, but yeah, got to, got to get ready for tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, as uh, I'll be taking my little excursion up north to Austin, Texas, the capital, uh, to go uh, listen to and experience the... Um, um, presentation, the convention uh, that will be featuring uh, President Donald Trump and uh, several other um, individuals who uh, have been supporters of President Trump and also definitely America first individuals. It's going to be a fun time, guys. It's going to be a fun time. And so anyhow, that's why I'm coming in a little bit early today because uh, Trump's American Freedom Tour Got to get ready for it, guys. Got to get ready for it. I'm going to have to... I have an early rise tomorrow. I figured I'd uh, use as much time as I can to prepare uh, for tomorrow's excursion. So, uh, yeah, well, that brings us here, ladies and gentlemen, straight to the Sea Report broadcasting live over at uh, the foxhole.atpill.net, twitch.tv, clout hub, and also Rumble. So if you're catching this broadcast on any of those fabulous uh, platforms, please make sure you follow and subscribe and give us a thumbs up, ladies and gentlemen, or give us a like and most definitely appreciate that for sure. Well, guys, we've got a pretty interesting episode for you all today. Um, it is an episode, I would say, that is almost fitting for a Friday the 13th, but you know, uh, today's, today's news has been, you know, uh, you know, just the, the general ebb and flow of the information and of the actions of all the people that we always see splattered across the headlines. You know, there's always been a lot of uh, uh, there's been a lot of um, uh, election news that's been coming up, integrity or fraud or otherwise. Of course, we have everything that's going on in regards to uh, the state of our nation, right? Uh, when we're talking about you know the inflation, the general destruction of the American way of life, and uh, the massive disconnect as well uh, by those who. Uh, uh, those who um, would have us believe that they are there to serve the country and the people's best interest, major disconnects that we're seeing, uh, ever so apparent, guys, ever so apparent. And I wonder sometimes if it's not just so apparent because it's like the last chance for those who are asleep or those who are just willfully ignorant and those who are just stubbornly opposed uh, to open their eyes. You know, it's kind of like whenever you're given that chance to kind of, you know, weasel your way out of a, a certain thought pattern or maybe something that you might have done. You know, it's kind of like I say, 
uh, a, a, by way of analogy, anyways, you know, uh, the True the Vote, the True the Vote uh, investigation that uncovered massive amounts of ballot trafficking, uh, which most likely took place, I wouldn't doubt, in at least, you know, 45 to 50 of our uh, states in this union, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that investigation and its findings was the perfect way out for someone like Brad Raffensperger in Georgia, right? Who has just um, uh, held his teeth to the grind that there was no election fraud in his state of Georgia. Maybe there was mismanagement. Maybe there was severe mismanagement. Maybe there was some broken chain of custody, but there was no evidence of, of um, invasive and uh, in total fraudulent occurrences in Georgia. And, you know, when the truth um, rears its head upon them, ladies and gentlemen, you know, someone like Brad Raffensperger, someone like Brian Kemp might wish that uh, they had maybe not put up such a hard fight, you know, because they're, they're, the, uh, they're of the cloth that uh, lies hard and lies long and loud and uh, hopes that eventually it'll stick, you know. Uh, but yeah, that would have been the perfect out for Brad Raffensperger to be like, you know what? Well, heck, there was fraud in Georgia and I had nothing to do with it, right? Who could have guessed that we would have had, you know, hundreds to thousands of mules of people, of individuals who were being paid off to traffic ballots to these um, uh, convenient ballot drop boxes? Who could have thought that that would have happened? Well, as we covered yesterday, guys, certainly, certainly uh, the, um, um, the legislature of Pennsylvania didn't think so. Uh, because, well, after all, you know. Uh, we went over Act 77. We went over the truth yesterday and about what was going on there, you know? So anyhow, guys, anyhow. Uh, yeah. Um, interesting episode for today, you know, and, and then a lot of disconnect happening as well. I mean, and it's it's very obvious, too. So uh, maybe this is it, guys. Maybe things are just getting so crazy and so obvious is because someone is shining a light and saying, hey, guys, you know, you guys who've been totally against America and against your brothers and sisters, this is your chance to wake up and redeem yourself. But uh, I guess we'll have to see how that plays out because it is getting quite ridiculous out there, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sure that all of you all could agree with that. I mean, what what type of an example do I need to use? You know, $40 billion going to uh, Ukraine. How much more money... Does Zelensky need? Man, he is an expensive prostitute, that Zelensky. I hope he's at least wearing them hills and that leather pant and that halter top. I mean, come on, Zelensky. You're going to have to put a, a little bit more for the kind of dosh we're sending your way, sir. Taxpayer dime. I want an in-house performance on the sea report, Zelensky. And you can bring your little uh, sugar daddy, uh, McCoyski, around if you want to as well. I mean, I, you know... I, I, I'm not going to say no for the money I've spent. <laughs> Anyways, guys, ridiculous, ridiculous. Uh, I would definitely say that one good thing has happened, right? Well, you know, several good things have happened, but we'll focus on this. I mean, it seems that the news about the World Health Organization 
and the uh, possible takeover of not just these United States of America, but indeed 194 different nations on this planet is finally hitting the main independent alternative circuit, which is good, which is good. How, how much of a jump did we get on them, ladies and gentlemen? Come on, you guys were in the audience. We talked about it last week, didn't we? Or was it this week? It might have been a few days ago. We got the jump on it. We didn't break the story by any means, but we got the jump on it. And I'm glad that that's making its rounds. People are realizing the severity of that document that I shared with you guys. Some people were like, nah, can't be. Even illegitimate Joe is not stupid enough to sign over these United States to uh, the director general of the World Health Organization. Oh, ho, ho. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't do it sooner, right? And, you know, if you uh, if you pay attention to like, uh, for example, on one of my socials, I have uh, I have the deep state department on my social stream just so I can see what they're up to, just so I can see what propaganda they're spending. And also so that I can annoy them with uh, my refutation to their version of reality. Do it all the time. Um, within the last day or so, they have just had an entire onslaught of Kamala Harris graphics that, that talk about, uh, you know, uh, pandemics, no, no borders. Well, you know what, uh, Kamala, you don't know borders either, particularly, uh, you know, the United States borders. You could never find it. She could never find that border, guys. She went looking for the southern border of the United States of America, and she ended up in Ecuador. What does that tell you about her ability to navigate, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, maybe it was intentional. Uh, I think you guys realize I am being facetious on that one, right? Of course I am. Of course I am. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, yes, they've been plastering her face all over the social streams. It is a whew, all about pandemics, all about let's get it done today because we don't know what kind of a pandemic we're going to have tomorrow. And I'd be like, well, you know, I guess if we dig deep enough, we'd probably be able to figure it out. You know, maybe it's like uh, some mutant, violent version of the measles or smallpox. Maybe it's some type of hemorrhagiatic fever. Yeah, my pronunciation's a little off on that one today, guys. Uh, forgive me, but... So I guess, you know, there's that disconnect. I, you know, I don't even know if it was a real headline, but I saw, I mean, for a minute, I thought maybe uh, they were importing a Babylon Bee or, um, I don't know, some kind of parody. I thought for a minute they were importing a real raw news headline, you know, the parody satire one. Anyways, uh, and it said something to the effect that um, 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 Dr. Frouchy made the statement that we've never been in a lockdown. Like, what kind of gaslighting? Does he really figure that uh, the American people, nay, the people of the world, that our memories are so short that we would forget about a year and a half of our lives, uh, where basically uh, reality was suspended? where we were faced with, uh, you know, um, uh, articulate, not articulate, where we were faced with um, assimilating. There we go. That's the word I'm looking for, assimilating to this supposed new normal. Crazy, isn't it, guys? That Talk about a disconnect, right? 
Oh, but you know, we're just the good old goyim. We don't deserve to know. We don't even understand, ladies and gentlemen. We don't even understand. So, yeah, quite interesting, guys, quite interesting. Had a very interesting day today, just uh, kind of getting today's report together for you guys. Today's going to be one of those reports, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be one of those reports that you don't get to see here all the time at the Sea Report. Uh, We've got two main themes to follow today, two main veins, two main stories for you guys uh, that we're going to go through. I mean, if you hadn't guessed it, uh, one of them is going to be the Durham investigation, okay? Which is obvious if you hear yesterday, you know, I had I had John Durham photobomb our show, right? He just popped up out of nowhere. I was like, okay, Durham, we're going to talk about your investigation. Everyone in the know already knows how this ends, but you know what? It's got to go on record, ladies and gentlemen. And so that's what that's all about. Uh, you know, the litigation, right? The litigation, the uh, submitting of evidence and truths uh, to the court of law, where it becomes public record, where it becomes official, right? Unless, you know, I don't know, a few months from now, uh, everyone's like, well, those judges, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they were looking at imaginary papers because they are conspiracy theorists And they made it up. There's not even a real thing as a John Durham. You know what? A few months from now, if if the MSM, if the Legacy News is still around, they'll be like, "Uh, uh, John Durham, uh, don't, don't you know that's a boat? There is no such thing as a John Durham. Have you ever seen the man in person, right? Oh, yeah, I'm kind of playing on something there, guys. Man, isn't it interesting how we, um, how we, uh, how we, um, you know, good-hearted and, uh, diligent, um, awake Americans, for a lack of a better phrase, um, entertain ourselves with such things, guys. Entertain ourselves with such things. Yeah, that was something else that was kind of spinning around the old, uh, yard there as a, Durham is not real. Durham is a ghost. Durham is a robot. Durham is a figment of everyone's imagination and he never existed. He's always been a deep fake only because there's only been like, what, three or four photographs of the man? (laughs) I don't know, guys. I'm kind of thinking like, uh, how does that fly in the court of law? You know, they can't have some, uh, I don't know, Android uh, clone uh, um, uh, Peter Pan-like version of a lawyer going in there and representing and doing all this research. I don't know. Maybe when we get um, like five or six different America First attorneys together, uh, they uh, they amalgamate and form the John Durham, right? <laughs> I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I try and keep myself focused, right? And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll, it'll turn out to be true. Maybe there is no real John Durham. But uh, for the time being, whomever is doing what John Durham is doing, I'd say he's doing a good job. I think that uh, the work that has been uh, brought to the table by the special counsel um, has really moved uh, what it needs to move. Now, has has it gotten to the point that we the people want it to be at. We, the patient of America, 
No, of course it hasn't. We have not seen perp walks. We haven't seen uh, orange jumpsuits. You know, we haven't seen any of that, right? Now, the pragmatist uh, would argue that um, there is no hope. Things will always be the way that they have been. Now, I said pragmatist, not the, uh, not the pessimist, right? Pragmatic people can actually be quite optimistic as well, right? But, you know, based on their personal experience and um, a history of patterns, uh, you know, it is easy to say that, you know. Uh, my, my dad said, you know, before his passing, he said that um, uh, he, he, he could tell, he could see all of the criminality that was happening. He could see uh, various amounts of treason occurring, and uh, he could see what President Trump was doing for the country, right? He could see how it was turning around. Uh, maybe not necessarily D.C., but, you know, the whole, um, uh, the whole atmosphere of the country, the entire um, a vibe of the people. Uh, but he, he remarked, though, he remarked, but I won't believe it until I see Hillary in chains. And I was like, dang, Dad, like... <laughs> I was like, but you have to have hope, you know. It was interesting. Interesting conversations with that man, you know, like uh, about elections. Very interesting conversations about elections, for example. Uh, you know, because my father served in the military. He served in Vietnam. And um, so I always had an idea of, uh, uh, of his personal beliefs about, you know, America, our voting process, etc. Now, make no mistake, my father was... Uh, for many years of his life, um, a member of his religion that um, caused him to be apolitical, you know, uh, he was neutral, ladies and gentlemen, in the end, um, even after even after parting ways with that belief. Uh, but, uh, you know, having served, having been in the military, having come from a military family, like, uh, you know, I thought, you know, for sure there was some strong, you know, uh, cord um, of patriotism, you know, but uh, it, it was quite interesting talking to him and uh, uh, he sharing uh, his views on uh, voting and the electoral college and, you know, all of that, that information that uh, tends to get skewed in the minds of the pragmatic people <laughs> or the hopeless or pessimistic or maybe just those that don't understand it and listened to uh, so someone they trusted that didn't quite have the story down. And I had to explain to him, I was like, no, we have to vote regardless of whether or not, you know, uh, we have um, a deep state swamp creature or, or we're voting on the best of the two deep state swamp creatures. Uh, even if we know our candidate is going to lose, uh, we have to vote because you never know, dad, sometime, someday, you know, um, maybe enough people will show up to vote to break their system. Uh, and at least there will be a record of how the people voted so that if they are fraud, uh, being fraudulent and it is proven, and keep in mind, this is like prior to 2016, um, there will be a record. And if they prove the fraud, they'll know how the people actually voted. So you have to vote even if you know it's being rigged, even if you know your candidate has no chance. Very interesting conversations. Um, 
an interesting reflection, you know, based on everything that has happened in this country since that time, you know. And I never thought that I would be uh, running um, a citizen-led news show live stream with the primary focus on voting. But hey, guys, our vote is more than our voice and our vote is more than our choice. You know, our vote is literally symbolic and reflective of our freedom and our liberty and our sovereignty. And if we do not have that, then we do not have freedom. We're very fortunate that uh, the bad guys, right, that the deep staters, the globalists, uh, you know, these interests that just want to pick apart every nation in this world and assimilate it towards its own Borg hive mind of control. We're, we're very fortunate that the only way that these guys have really been able to make as great strides as they have within the last, I don't know, two to three decades uh, was by way of, uh, you know, infiltrating uh, nations, uh, destabilizing them, um, uh, rigging the votes, right? And let's not forget lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit after countless lawsuit. Now, I am not by any means forgetting about the 9-11 terrorist attacks. I'm not by any means forgetting about the other false flag operations that brought nations into war with each other and brought people killing each other. Not at all. No, no. Those, those, were, those were definitely, most definitely uh, exercises that they utilized in order to advance their agenda. Uh, but the lawsuits... The stuff that's written on the paper, right? That's, uh, the, I would say that that's been one of their primary weapons. Because it's through the corruption of the judiciary. It's through the corruption of legislators. That they can get these lawsuits to um, lead them to a path that they'd prefer to travel down. And they do that most often because lawsuits get people caught up in court. And while everyone is busy wasting and spending their money on lawfare, something else is going on. Well, I think Kamala Harris said it best. She said it's the passage of time, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes that's all it takes. It just takes some time sometimes to get what you want for things to go your way. What is it that they say about time, right? It heals the heart. It heals all wounds. Well, you know, it also aids and abets all schemes and it aids and abets all crooks and criminals. If there is enough time on the books, you know, as we are where we are today, um, I think it's fair to say that we're like maybe at a 50-50 as far as the passage of time goes, you know, we're at a 50-50, you know. Uh, we're, we're at a point where it could go either way. And they're really, really trying to milk the clock, these deep staters. But they're also using their favorite tools, lawfare. They're using their favorite, uh, you know, megaphone, the brainwashing media, the legacy media, right? And yeah, there's no telling what else they're using to amplify or to fortify uh, their agenda and their message. No telling, you know. 
Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, if as we keep moving on, and I mean we, the awake American population, we who are cognizant and aware and who are actually saying something and doing something to bring this information to the forefront in order to expand the understanding of all those around us and perhaps wake up some people along the way, as we continue to do that, we see that there is a struggle occurring between they who used to be all powerful and we who definitely outnumber them. And all it takes is for all of us to turn our attention to them just once. And they would be completely obliterated. Now, what that would look like, I couldn't tell you mass walkouts. People have talked about it before, you know, uh, uh, sitting around the campfire with good old patriots talking about, we need to do a mass strike. Everyone just needs to stop. Like the COVID thing was a good example, right? Everyone needs to just stop going to the stores and stop going and spending money and stop going to work and we're going to all go on strike. But the reality of the situation was that was just we at the campfire, right? What about the other two thirds of this country that uh, are not even awake? And what about the one third to the half of those who are awake? They don't even do anything, right? They can commit to words and belief, but they cannot commit to action. Oh, the odds don't seem in our favor, do they? But you know what? The odds are always in the favor of truth, right? I would say the odds are always in the favor of justice, even if that justice is delayed, even if that justice seems like it's not going to come. In the grand scheme of things, we as specks of dust on this planet, on this earth, that is a speck of dust in the sky, right? May not even be around when that justice comes forward. Justice delayed is still justice. It's just, it's not so satisfying, right? And um, we, uh, we, we like our immediate gratification and we like when our points of view are highlighted or vindicated. We do, we do. But just because justice might be delayed, just because justice takes its time, just because the restaurant is so damn full and the line is around the building, justice is getting served extremely slowly. Yeah, it's backed up in that kitchen, guys. It is backed up in that kitchen. Uh, does it mean that we should not uh, surrender? We should not surrender our beliefs. We should not surrender our personal truths. We should not surrender our convictions. And we should never relent. We should never give up. And when the going gets tough and we get knocked down, we have to get up, guys. And you know what? I believe a lot of us have gotten up. I believe a lot of us have dusted ourselves off, have, you know, uh, patched up those wounds and have carried on because we are where we are today due to that type of resilience. Now, you guys are probably wondering, why is Mr. C going off on this type of a tangent, mild as it is, on a Friday the 13th afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, right? What is Mr. C, what's on his brain? Well, I told you guys, today's going to be one of those episodes, right? Now, we're going to start with Durham, and it's the perfect example as far as justice moving slowly, right? Everyone had all but given up on John Durham, special counsel, and his investigation into 
you know, um, um, what really, what really went down between, oh, you know, um, three letter agencies, uh, executive offices, um, tech agencies, lawyers, law firms, and, uh, uh, political parties. Interesting how all of that has been wrapped up around President Trump. Now, like I said, a lot of us already knew the score, you know, like I said, and I've said many times, the Epoch Times they had a full-on wallpaper infographics that explained everything that happened in detail. And if you subscribed for just 99 cents a month, back in like 2017 or 18, it was 18 or 19, 19, I think, they would send you a free infographic. I got two of them, right? So we, we've, known, <laughs> we've known the outcome and where the Durham investigation is going to lead to. I think right now, as I like to frame the movements of this um, this um, uh, trial, uh, the, the movements of this um, judicial um, matter, uh, I, I, I believe we're about to exit Act 1, guys. We're pretty close to exiting Act 1, about to enter into Act 2. But people had given up on him, guys. The pragmatic ones and the pessimists were like, well, where's Durham been? Is he dead? You know, right? Did did, did he get did he get um, you know Clinton cited? Right? And then he pops up out of nowhere. Oh, the timing of things, right? Oh, the passage of time, right? You know what? I, I'm just saying this, guys. If uh, if all of the Make America Great Again patriots and all of the Trump supporters out there can uh, get off on ultra MAGA and quote Biden like he's some kind of ultra MAGA, right? I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Make it your own, right? But Biden said it. I can quote Kamala Harris and her passage of time, okay? (laughs) Just in case any of you guys are getting tired of me saying the passage of time, but, uh, you know, I know Kamala Harris did not even know what she was saying. She just knew what she meant. And all she could say was the passage of time, guys. You know, I had to explain it to her, her globalist handlers, like, what the hell is this woman trying to say she, about the passage of time, right? Well, you know, the passage of time heals all frauds. <laughs> the passage of time allows all crimes to be committed, right? We just got to wait for them to forget so that this way Fauci can come out and say, we never went through a, a, um, a lockdown. What are you talking about? Jeez Louise, ladies and gentlemen, what timeline am I in now, right? Anyhow, guys, so... Durham. Durham's going to be the first thing we're serving up tonight, guys. We're going to do a quick rundown so this way we can catch up on the report uh, about the details of where we are. Not a whole lot of movement coming out uh, just yet, right? We have, of course, uh, the trial of Michael Sussman due to take place in approximately three days, right? They go to court. Uh, They'll be before a judge, etc. We'll get into those details, of course. And um, the second portion of our show, guys, well, we are going to be doing updates, updates, updates. Today's, today is an update show and today is a litigation show. OK, we got uh, special counsel John Durham's litigations and we are going to review all of the uh, Dominion voting machine um, um, lawsuits uh, we're going to update all you are going to update you guys on all the ones that I think are important which means we're not going to talk about Fox News and we're not going to talk about News Mask okay uh because you know I think a lot of people are kind of curious about that I don't know that many people uh, keep up or have kept up with that but you know what um 
with everything that has been spilling forward on the Dominion voting machines, the newest revelations coming out of Otero County, New Mexico, I think it's important that we go ahead and catch up with Dominion and all of their many, many lawsuits, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yep. And, uh, well, you know, you might want to think about everything I said in the first 30 minutes of this show when we get to that part of this broadcast, ladies and gentlemen. But all right, let's go ahead and get into it real quick. Good afternoon, Railing On, Philly Q. Howdy, howdy. Good to see you. Railing On, thank you for the 117 gold pills. Disco Ball Chaser, good afternoon, and thanks for dropping those links in the chat. Death Blossom 17. C said, main vein. I said, Dwayne, the main brain vein. <laughs> Sergeant Sparky, good to see you, sir. Truth never needs a narrative. You know what? Truth does not need a narrative because truth is its own narrative. 100% correct. Sergeant Sparky. Looks like Bill Tech is also in the house this afternoon. Thank you guys for joining us. Like I know, you know, four o'clock is a really, really early time for the sea report. But like I said, I got to prep for tomorrow and get rest so I can go uh, listen to Donald Trump speaking uh, up north there, up the road, right? Okay. All right. So we're going to get into today's report. Let's get through it, guys. Let's get through it. We're going to put our, we're going to bow our heads down and power through all of the information that we have for you guys today. Um, what is this? What? Who? Hold on. How? Oh, I see what I did wrong. My bad. Whoops. Sorry. That was a, uh, that was what you call an amateur moment. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, uh, I was on the wrong photo frame. Okay. All right. So, uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have, uh, President Trump leading the pack, right? President Trump leads at the sea report. Let's see what is going on in the mind of the president. Statement from Donald J. Trump on Friday, the 13th of May. It goes something like this. President Trump says the Democrats are sending another $40 billion to Ukraine. Yet America's parents are struggling to even feed their children. There is a massive formula shortage, but no one is talking about it. It's a national disgrace. It is unthinkable that in the year 2022, American families are unable to get baby formulas for their children. Families whose children have serious allergies and require elemental formula are in even more desperate and dire straits. The pain that mothers and fathers are going through who literally cannot get nutrition for their newborns and infants is a mark of eternal shame on the Democrat Party. America first, ladies and gentlemen. Quite uh, quite a statement there, guys. You know, a new mark of shame, right? A new mark of shame. What is happening in this country? I mean, you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the Democrats or the left-leaning liberals or the self-avowed communists or the, uh, the uh, um, uh, democratic socialists, you know, maybe they'll come up with some new uh, harebrained idea of why it's good 
that your child is not um, does not have access to baby formula. Now, I don't think that they would maybe toss that back to, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, the mother breastfeeding the, the child as being the primary and um, uh, the best source of nutrition for a newborn or an infant. Because after all, they cannot define female, they cannot define woman, and Lord knows uh, they don't even refer to as breastfeeding, they refer to as what? Like uh, lactating humanoid lump on the chest, right? Because even men can have lactating lumps on their chest, I guess, right? I mean, so I saw a video one time of a former man attempting to breastfeed an infant. And of course, his uh, significant other was a former female, right? What kind of screwy dip world do we live in where a trans man and a trans woman try to feed a baby from the trans woman's nipple. And what, what did they say in the video? He, it, 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 he's going to keep trying, but it, it's just not coming right now. <laughs> that poor baby is probably already mummified on that loser's chest, ladies and gentlemen. Definitely did not want to give that baby any formula. I mean, really, you know what I mean? I mean, there, there is a, there is imagination, right? You know, I mean, I guess that could be cute, you know, I guess that could be cute, but they were serious. Okay? <laughs> they were as serious as a stroke, ladies and gentlemen, that they were going to get that baby neutrified through a man's barren nipple. <laughs> Anyways, guys, anyways, enough about that. Enough about that. Sorry to put that image in your head, ladies and gentlemen. At least I didn't uh, give you a physical description of these uh, individuals. But yeah, a new mark of shame, right? Never mind that we're uh, sending $40 billion to the Nazis. I mean, come on, really? Like, really, how much money have we given to Ukraine? I mean, it's almost as if though they were holding us hostage, right? We, the taxpayers, are being held hostage. Um, well, I don't, you know, maybe, maybe Zelensky really is that expensive of a prostitute. I mean, maybe they passed him around the entire Congress and they're just trying to pay their bill. I, you know, I mean, I know that that is crass, ladies and gentlemen, but let's face it. This is an exorbitant amount, it's more than exorbitant, it is a ridiculous amount of taxpayer dollars that is going over to a country that is one of the most corrupt nations on this planet to ever have existed, that was heinously committing genocide, um, acts against humanity, crimes against humanity, uh, um, full of Nazis in their ranks, uh, to which Zelensky can only shrug and say they are what they are, right? Not even to defend it, not even to lie. And I was like, Zelensky, I thought you were an actor. You can't even lie. And he's like, well, no, Mr. C. I mean, the entire left media covered the Nazis for the last five years in, 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 in multiply, in, in triplicate, you know, like every... 
I mean, we're talking like dozens of 30 minutes to two hour presentations and documentations and documentaries talking about the Nazis in Ukraine and how Ukraine has accepted them into their National Guard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, of course, they never went all the way back to the 1940s. They never went all the way back to Stephen Bandera. They never went all the way back to the Ukrainian Nazis that assisted the German Nazis in uh, exterminating the Jews and in fighting the Russians. They never go that far back. But, you know, the left, uh, the left press, the legacy media, the globalist media, the fake news media, they actually did a pretty good job of documenting the Nazis in Ukraine. Current day Nazis. And they're not neo-Nazis, guys. They're not the brand new Nazis. They didn't just, you know, uh, come out of some confused uh, um, gender's uh, womb, right? No, these Nazis have been there forever. And there's nothing new about them other than the fact that the world was just getting used to hearing about them. And then all of a sudden they vanished again. The Nazis vanished again. I mean, they must have gone up in their UFOs. They're probably going to land in Congress on Tuesday next week when they have that hearing because uh, Putin invaded. So there are no more Nazis. It was a figment of our imagination. It was a gaslight well done. Oh, will the day ever come that those who support Ukraine right now will learn the truth? And again, that's nothing against the innocent Ukrainians who are dying right now. The innocent Ukrainians who are being used as human shields by the Ukraine military, the Nazis, right? Nothing against them. Pray for them. But yeah, it is, uh, it is quite the world that we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. It is quite the world. So, a shame. A big shame, a big stain on this administration and that political party. And, you know, the parents are speaking out. The ones that were silent on the CRT in schools, the ones that were silent about allowing their children to be taught about sex and masturbation and gender confusion by strangers, those are the ones that are starting to wake up. They're coming out because they cannot feed their children. Well, you know, never let it be said that the children would not unite all parties. We've already seen great examples of the children uniting all parties, people, differences, and opinions. So I don't know, maybe the Biden administration is setting themselves up for something because they're shipping all of that formula down to the border for all the illegal aliens who are coming in, invading our country so that they're babies can have the formula because, you know, God knows that uh, these deep state, globalist, satanic, luciferian elitists need to make sure that they have healthy babies. So this way, when they suck the adrenochrome after them, after they've scared them half to death, they'll get good product, right? It'll be a good return on their investment. That's pretty grim, isn't it, right? That was pretty morbid, morose, dark and grim. Oh, the reality that we live in. I am so thankful for all of you guys out there that hold the light on, right? That keep that light on. That don't let us succumb to the pragmatic, pessimistic darkness of self-doubt, lack of faith, loss of hope. Thank you, guys. Woo! Man, we got to keep it light around here, guys, right? We got to keep it light. We got to keep those vibrations high. 
so that we can continue carrying forward with the message and with the truth in our hearts and in our minds. So yeah, good statement there by President Trump. A sad statement, really. A sad statement for this Friday the 13th, ladies and gentlemen. A sad statement. But uh, let's get into John Durham, ladies and gentlemen. Let us get into John Durham's investigation. Now, here's John Durham. Picture him yesterday just popping up on my screen like that. Scared me half to death. I was like, where'd this man come from? Oh, it's the ghost of John Durham. Oh, here he, well, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Here is John Durham. Hey, Aurelie Slock, what's going on? All right, so we can get through the uh, Durham updates pretty quickly, guys, pretty quickly. Like I said, not a whole lot of movement as we get ready to enter to trial next week for the former Clinton attorney, Michael Sussman. Uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, one of the latest updates, actually, this update came from about a week ago, right? Uh, I think it came out like the day after the last uh, Durham update that I did here at the Sea Report. But you know what? For the sake of continuity and fluidity of story and to keep everyone abreast who listens to the Sea Report, we got to share it. Okay, so let's take a look at this article. I believe this comes from the Epoch Times. Oh, it's just the news, guys. All right, you guys know about this stuff here. John Durham scores major wins, two of them ahead of the Clinton lawyer's trial. If you guys remember, he was in talks with the judges and with the defense about uh, what information could get would be allowed into uh, the trial or at least for review by the judge. And then also there was the question about the, um, about the uh, involvement of uh, the former um, uh, uh, Fusion GPS um, tech maven um, being allowed to testify in the trial. So here's what Just the News has to share. Trial judge compels Fusion GPS witness to testify, agrees to review memos Michael Sussman's defense lawyers claim are covered by attorney-client privilege. So they lost... There is no attorney-client privilege found, right? Special counsel John Durham scored two major wins on Wednesday ahead of the criminal trial for ex-Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman as the judge ordered a key witness to testify and agreed to review memos the defense is trying to conceal with a claim of attorney-client privilege. During a hearing, U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper expressed skepticism that memos detailing the Fusion GPS's firm's opposition research on Donald Trump's ties to Russia some of which were shared with the news media and the FBI were covered by attorney-client privilege and agreed to Durham's request to review 38 of the documents that prosecutors want to introduce at trial later this month. Cooper said he was not convinced the Clinton campaign, Sussman and his law firm and Fusion GPS should have blanket privilege over the documents, at one point citing a memo of Fusion's contact with a reporter as evidence of assisting a media strategy. Well, that's a pretty good phrase to turn right there, right? And that was a media strategy rather than legal advice. Cooper also unsealed his order to compel that granted Fusion GPS computer researcher Laura Sego limited immunity and ordered her to testify as tri at trial as Durham sought. Sego's lawyer informed prosecutors she planned to invoke her Fifth Amendment privilege against self-incrimination absent a court order of immunity compelling her to testify at trial. 
Cooper signed an order mandating Sego give testimony or provide other information which she refuses to give or to provide on the basis of her privilege against self-incrimination. As to all matters about which she might be interrogated at trial and any proceedings ancillary thereto. The judge also ruled that no testimony or other information compelled under this order or any information directly or indirectly derived from such testimony or other information may be used against Laura Sego in any criminal case except a prosecution for perjury, giving a false statement or otherwise failing to comply with the order. So the judge has ruled, Laura Sego, you will testify. She's being voluntold, right? You will testify, but she's also being granted protection, right? So uh, that bodes well for her. So one has to wonder what exactly Laura Sego is going to uh, spill the beans on, as it were, during that trial. Uh, the article continues, Durham had argued that Sego's testimony was necessary to the public interest, but it did not specify what prosecutors believed her testimony would focus on. Because you know what? Durham boats don't leak, ladies and gentlemen. They don't leak and they don't telegraph to the enemy. Uh, Holly Pearson, a lawyer for Sego, did not return a call or email seeking comment on Wednesday evening. Uh, Josh Levi... Uh, a lawyer for Fusion GPS also did not return a call. Uh, Cooper's rulings on Wednesday continue a string of victories for Durham in his effort to prosecute Sussman on a charge of lying to the FBI in 2016 when he shared what proved to be false dirt linking Donald Trump to Russia. All right, guys. So, well, there you have it. Good decision by the judge there, you know? I mean, they don't want to be obviously corrupt, right? At least that's what I would hope. Um, let's see here. I have this uh, I have this infographic, actually. Let's take a look at this infographic. This is an infographic from the Epoch Times. Now, this is not the same infographic that was released uh, to their uh, customers a few years ago. It is a new one, uh, and it is a timeline of Michael Sussman's involvement uh, with this case. Durham's first trial details of Michael Sussman's involvement in advancing the Trump-Russia narrative in 2016 will soon be presented at his trial. Now, I'm supposing that the Epoch Times is doing this because, like I said, they had like a wallpaper's worth of infographics that explained the entire what was called Spygate, right? Because you guys remember who sits at the top of this throne here, don't you? Right? That's Act 3, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but now that they have all of the details and they have all of the finer points that they could have only speculated on, now that they have the court documentation, they can fill in the blanks and really give you an idea. No, not even idea. They can really let you know what went on, um, you know, uh, with Michael Sussman. Isn't that pretty cool? I think that that is pretty cool. 
As the trial of former Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman approaches, the Epoch Times presents a comprehensive timeline of Sussman's activities before and after the 2016 election. The cybersecurity lawyer faces one count of lying to the government for allegedly claiming to an FBI official that he was providing information while not representing any clients when in fact he was representing the Clinton campaign. As a result of the alleged lie, the FBI was put at disadvantage in grasping the politically laden and ethically fraught nature of the information, according to special counsel John Durham, who's been tasked to review the FBI investigation into supposed collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia to sway the 2016 election. The FBI investigation, partly concerned with the information provided by Sussman, discovered no collusion. So, and it's, you know, it's, like I said, Durham's case here, Durham's legwork, it's so masterful. It's so masterful, wherein he can plot forward, 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 rowing that Durham boat, right? And, and yet, if you were to read just that paragraph and know this story from what was just read off, one could reasonably speculate that uh, John Durham is by no means implicating the FBI in involvement at all, right? Uh, but we, the initiated, know that is pretty far from the truth of the matter, right? We know that is pretty far true, uh, far away from the true matter. So we're not going to go through all of this, obviously, but like just so you can get an idea. Um, if you guys want to check this out, if you want to be able to have it in a way that it breaks down and explains to you all the steps, and this is everything that's been uncovered so far, right? Pretty cool, if you ask me. Pretty damn cool. Uh, so good job and many thanks to the Epoch Times for uh, creating these handy dandy infographics, right? That we can uh, peruse at our leisure. Uh, to keep us filled in. You know, I mean, hey, take this to someone who's never even heard of this uh, special counsel John Durham uh, investigation and uh, soon-to-be trial. And let them know what, uh, let the, ask them what they think, you know? I mean, this is all documented, proven storyline, detail, evidence, right? Of what the Dems were up to with Michael Sussman in regards to uh, President Trump. Look at Sussman was indicted on my birthday by Durham for lying to Baker. He resigned from Perkins Coie the same day. Oh, ain't that cool? Yeah, I would have had an extra margarita that day if I had known that that was the day that Michael Sussman was indicted. But uh, we didn't know much about much back in 2021. I mean, if we weren't paying attention anyways. All right, so... Uh, there is that, ladies and gentlemen. There is that. Let's move on to our next update about John Durham. Now, let's not forget Michael Sussman is not the only one to be going to trial under investigation with an indictment serve. We also have Mr. Igor Danchenko, right, who is uh, cited as being the primary subsource uh, for Christopher Steele in regards to the uh, Fusion GPS paid um, Russian dossier, Trump dossier, PP dossier, you know? Some of us tend to forget uh, where that dossier came from, right? It came from, like, uh, three drunk perverts 
sharing stories about how we're going to bring down Trump. And then the next day when they forgot, because they got so drunk the night before, they forgot that they were supposed to turn in their uh, turn in their their uh, documents there. They had to make it up on the fly. Oh, well, we'll just uh, what did we talk about last night? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Trump peed on the bed. Um, with two Russian prostitutes that uh, Barry Sotero and Big Mike sodomized on in Russia. That's right. That's what happened. Okay. You got the story down, guys? We got it down. Now let's give it to the FBI. Let's give it to the press. And let's give it over to John McCain and, uh, and uh, Lindsey Graham over there. And, and they'll take care of the rest. Right? Well... Uh, so Igor Danchenko, I mean, uh, as I as I read, he had nothing to do with uh, that entire <laughs> drunken night of, uh, of fantasies and bad politics, right, and bad planning. Uh, but nevertheless, he has been indicted, and he too, I believe, for fibbing, fibbing, fibbing. Uh, let's check it out. Uh, in, in the case of Igor Danchenko and his uh, his indictment, it appears that, according to Durham intelligence agencies and the FBI are slowly producing those classified materials that he requires. Again, you see the FBI, uh, three-letter agencies, intelligence agencies, you think that they don't understand the concept of the passage of time, right? Lawfare, right? The long game, the passage of time, so yeah, they're kind of they're kind of gumming up the uh, gumming up the uh, the works here, uh, but that's what they do, guys. That's why they love lawfare. That's why they love litigation. Except for the fact that uh, when the odds are stacked against them, the discovery comes out and reveals the truth. Anyhow, hey Tam Growl, what's going on there? What's going on there? Good to see ya. And Bubbles, good evening, good afternoon, Bubbles. Welcome on in. Make yourself at home. We're just going through some Durham investigation updates, guys. We've got uh, we've got one of those shows. You better uh, hold on to your horses, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's see what uh, let's see what they've got to say about uh, the FBI intelligence agency um, slothful shenanigans here. Um, let me make sure I still got enough time. I got enough time. I think I got enough time on my clock to get through this article. Special Counsel John Durham filed court papers on May 10th. Ooh, man, that was just a few days ago, saying that the FBI and the United States intelligence agencies are slowly producing documents related to his case against Igor Danchenko, who prosecutors say lied to investigators about how he obtained information that later appeared in the controversial and discredited Steele dossier that was used against a former president. Their words, not mine. Who said this? The Epoch Times, Donald Trump. Durham asked United States District Attorney Anthony Tranga to set a new deadline for June 13th from May 13th to turn over classified materials to Danchenko's attorneys. Now, it's because uh, John Durham is uh, superstitious, right? He's like, I'm not going to have it set for Friday the 13th. Anyhow, it goes on. So far, most of the classified documents have been handed over to Danchenko's lawyer, although Durham said that recent world events continue to contribute to delays in the processing and production of classified discovery. Possibly he could be referring to the Ukraine-Russia conflict. In particular, some of the officials preparing and reviewing the documents at the FBI and intelligence agencies continue to be heavily engaged in matters related to overseas activities. How convenient, right? And that is according to Durham. 
He added that his team is continuing to press the relevant authorities to produce documents in classified discovery as quickly as possible and on a rolling basis and no later than the proposed deadline set forth. Danchenko, a Russian analyst, uh, was indicted in November 2021 for lying to the FBI as it was investigating the alleged Trump-Russia collusion probe. You know, in fact, we did cover, we did cover Danchenko and Sussman's indictment. Oh, well, well, I must have covered it after my birthday because uh, I did not have that extra margarita. Anyways, it says, namely, he's accused of misleading FBI officials regarding the sources of information that he provided to former UK intelligence agency Christopher Steele as he was interviewed several times by bureau officials in 2017 while the agency was attempting to corroborate corroborate allegations in the Steele dossier. Steele himself was hired by opposition research firm Fusion GPS to look into claims that were made against Trump and members of his campaign in 2016. Fusion GPS was retained by the Democrat Party-aligned law firm Perkins Coie, which was working for the Clinton campaign. All right, guys. So that is what is up with that. Um, let me check my time here. I'm out of time. Okay, guys, let me uh, reset my clock here. Here, Why don't you pull out your reading glasses, guys, real quick, while I reset my clock so that we can carry on and carry forward with today's episode. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener-supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From $0.99 cents per month to $4.99 per month to $9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for The Sea Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash The Sea Report. And thanks, y'all. As you might have read on the screen... Durham's team alleges that Danchenko intentionally misled the FBI when he denied in 2017 that his primary source for the Steele dossier was a former Clinton aide by the name of Charles Dolan. Now, as I recall, Charles Dolan was one of the three idiots that was sitting around that bar table having a beer, dreaming up dirty, perverted fantasies of Donald Trump peeing on Russian prostitutes in the name of... uh, of, um, of uh, desecrating the sodomy bed of Barry Sotero and uh, Big Mike. As I recall, that was Charles Dolan. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. In November 2021, Danchenko pleaded not guilty, according to his attorney, Mark Shamel. At the time, Shamel said that Danchenko's work as an analyst is above reproach. Right? Danchenko's going to have to blame uh, Dolan for that, Right. 
Anyhow, it says, uh, according to the indictment, Danchenko's alleged false statements to the Bureau were material to the FBI because the FBI's investigation of the Trump campaign relied on the dossier to obtain warrants to spy on Trump, the Trump campaign aide Carter Page, former Trump campaign aide Carter Page. Uh, the FBI ultimately devoted substantial resources, taxpayer dollars, attempting to investigate and corroborate the allegation contained in the dossier, including whether Danchenko's subsource were reliable. The indictment stated Steele's dossier and other information provided by Danchenko played a role in the FBI's investigation, uh, investigative decision and in sworn representations that the FBI made to the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court throughout the relevant time period. Um, in the May 10th filing, Durham stated that the government has produced about 5,000 classified documents and some 61 unclassified, 61,000 unclassified documents to Danchenko's lawyer. Durham said he believes he has turned over most of the classified materials. The court filing comes as the trial of former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman is about to occur. And again, that is on the 16th of this month, guys. It's coming up quick. Monday, Monday, Monday. Oh, wait. That's exactly why Congress is having a hearing on UFOs on Tuesday. So uh, the news has something to talk about except for the trial of Michael Sussman, because let's face it, they don't know how that's going to go. So, guys, you know, we've been framing the uh, Durham um, trial and investigation and citations, everything in acts, right? Could the second act involve the implication of the Department of Justice and the FBI, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, according to Durham's speaking indictments and everything that has come forward since... The FBI's definitely had uh, been busy with, uh, you know, this uh, Trump-Russia collusion and this PP dossier and this corroboration. And uh, I think some documents even reveal, uh, you know, I don't know, um, speaking with the press, all those types of activities. Now, it is my contention that by the time the dust settles, not only will certain three-letter agencies and certain agencies of this government uh, be turned inside out, right? Because of their involvement in this collusion. You know, we're also going to find one very guilty former executive of the country who, uh, well, when they, see, when they say impeach 44, I think that that sentiment is going to become quite, quite close to a reality to experience. I really do. I really do. Uh, we'll touch on that in just a little bit. But uh, we got this article here about the FBI, ladies and gentlemen. And now, if the FBI were not guilty of any type of involvement, uh, one would wonder why when a Department of Justice notes showed that the FBI was kind of scrambling over the fact that President Trump was aware that he was being spied on and was actually also naming the guilty party, 
that they were kind of like, what are we going to do here, guys? Uh, how does President Trump know this about Obama? How does President Trump know that Obama is the one who's, uh, you know, uh, the ringleader here? Hmm. What did they know and when did they know and what did they do then? I, I ponder about the FBI. DOJ notes show FBI panic after Trump tweet accusing Obama of spying on campaign. Uh, FBI leadership was seemingly alarmed after Trump tweeted that he knew Obama was wiretapping the Trump Tower. Notes during the 2017 meeting between Department of Justice officials and FBI leadership show the federal law enforcement agency seemingly panicked when the, when, and went to great lengths to cover up its spying on then-candidate Donald Trump. Attorneys for former Hillary Clinton campaign attorney Michael Sussman released the notes ahead of their client's trials in an attempt to clear him on charges that he lied to the FBI. Now imagine that. Do you see how they're tripping over each other and how they're eating each other up, right? They're like, well, if we release these notes between the Department of Justice and the FBI, which kind of gives, uh, you know, um, um, uh, a questionable evidence that, uh, but evidence nonetheless, that the FBI was worried about their activities involving spying on President Trump. It'll clear Michael Sussman of all guilt. We'll have a mistrial. We'll, we'll have a no trial. And Michael Sussman will go scot-free. And John Durham will, well, they'll have sunk John Durham's battleship, ladies and gentlemen. That was the thought I could imagine they had based on this story. Attorneys for former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer. Oh, yeah, we read that. Yeah, they, they introduced these notes to clear their client of charges. The notes released Sunday came from a March 6, 2017 meeting held two days after Trump tweeted, Terrible! Just found out that Barack Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is McCarthyism. FBI leadership was seemingly alarmed by the tweet. Then DOJ official Mary McCord wrote at the meeting that the FBI is trying to determine what is behind POTUS tweets. Is there an axe coming down? Is there a hammer swinging forward? Sussman's attorneys introduced the notes because FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe wrote that Sussman provided allegations of Trump's collusion with Russia as a lawyer on behalf of his client. And they figured that that would release Sussman from this lie that he told when he said that uh, he was representing no one. He was coming in as a good Samaritan. By the March 17th, uh, the March 2017 meeting, however... The FBI knew that the Trump-Russia collusion claims were almost certainly false. The notes show that the FBI doubled down on its collusion claims and kept key facts hidden from the DOJ officials at the meeting. So I'm like, when are we going to get to this on the indictments? When is Durham going to be like, hey, FBI, you know, you hid key facts from the DOJ. Maybe that's going to be an act two, ladies and gentlemen the trial of the intelligence agencies. For example, the article states, McCabe wrote that the Carter Page FISA warrant was fruitful when the Justice Department Inspector General later found significant errors in the applications. Now, would he find 17 errors that uh, Inspector General Horowitz 
but rather it was fruitful. Maybe it was fruitful because, um, I don't know, maybe the, um, uh, maybe, maybe McCabe, the FBI, maybe, maybe they knew the rotten fruit would bear bad results, right? Quite possible. As Sussman's court date approaches, a judge on Saturday limited special counsel John Durham from using evidence of Sussman's alleged joint venture with the Clinton campaign and other Democrat operatives during the trial. Good evening, good afternoon, D-Patriot1776. Good to see you in the audience. Good to see you in the audience. Now, we're going to do a quick preview of Act 3 of the Durham Trials, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I believe it is going. This is where, uh, you know, the Epoch Times professed it to be. We've got no proof that Obama is the ringleader behind the Trump-Russia collusion. That's scandalous, highly speculative, and almost defamatory, Mr. C. Right. Sure it is. Uh-huh. Sure it is. Until we remember that uh, it was actually Obama who authorized Clinton to perform this opposition research and to approve the spying on President Trump. Well, how did Trump know that? Well, isn't there this, like... Uh, Aesop fable about the head of the NSA going over to uh, the White House and kind of snitching him out. I don't know, guys. I don't have a copy of that story. But uh, this is Act 3, I believe. At least that would be my assessment. In regards to where this is going to go, how high up the chain is this collusion going to go? How far in command... Will this RICO case suss out? <laughs> no, 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 no pun intended for Michael Sussman there. Article Obama Biden Oval Office meeting on January 5th was key to the entire anti Trump operation. Who else was present at that meeting? I think it was uh, one John Owen Brennan, uh, which means that uh, the CIA is heavily implicated. Not even like, they were not even the runaround lapdog that apparently the FBI was being used for. I mean, everybody knows that uh, John Brennan is Obama's advisor, right? That's his like sugar daddy for like um, how to run nefarious plots and plans intergovernmentally speaking. John Owen Brennan, right? Yeah. So uh, it says here, information released in the Justice Department's motion to dismiss the case it brought against Lieutenant General Michael Flynn confirms the significance of a January 5th, 2017 meeting at the Obama White House. It was at this meeting that Obama gave guidance to key officials who would be tasked with protecting his administration's utilization of secretly funded Clinton campaign research which alleged Trump was involved in a treasonous plot to collude with Russia from being discovered or stopped by the incoming administration. President Obama said he wants to be sure that, as we engage with the incoming team, we are mindful to ascertain if there is any reason that we cannot share information fully as it relates to Russia. National Security Advisor Susan Rice wrote in an unusual email to herself, 
about the meeting that was also attended by Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates, FBI Director James Comey, and Vice President Jer Biden. What, what, what do you mean Brennan was not here? I could have sworn Brennan was at this meeting. I mean, after all, wasn't his notes were the ones that they were uh, they were using as evidence anyways? Okay, well, let's get our story straight then, Mr. C. A clearer picture is emerging of the drastic steps that were taken to accomplish Obama's goal in the following weeks and months. Shortly thereafter, high-level operatives began intensely leaking selective information supporting a supposed Russia-Trump conspiracy theory. The incoming national security advisor was ambushed and the incoming attorney general was forced to recuse himself from oversight of investigations of President Trump. At each major point in the operation, explosive media leaks were a key strategy in the operation to take down Trump. Not only was information on Russia not fully shared with the incoming Trump team, as Obama directs, the leaks and ambushes made the transition chaotic, scared quality individuals away from working in the administration and made effective governance almost impossible and materially damaged national security. When Comey was finally fired on May 9th, in part for his duplicitous regard, duplicitousness regarding his handling of the Russian collusion theory, he orchestrated the launch of a special counsel probe that continued his efforts for another two years. That probe ended with Mueller finding no evidence of any American colluding with Russia to steal the 2016 election, much less Trump or anyone connected to him. An analysis of the timeline from early 2017 shows a clear pattern of behavior from the federal officials running the collusion operation against the Trump campaign. It also shows how essential media leaks were to their strategy to, to sideline key law enforcement and intelligence officials and cripple the ability of the incoming Trump administration to run the country. Oh, that sounds juicy, ladies and gentlemen. That sounds juicy indeed. And guess what? You might not like me for it, but that, my friends, is the appetizer to Act 3. Which means I'm not going to read this timeline of events and evidentiary information. Sorry, guys. I wet your whistle, but I did not sustain you on this story here. Yeah. Um, that, that is, the passage of time, ladies and gentlemen, will take us directly to the involvement of Obama and Biden and how Biden knew, right? I mean, we're talking like impeach 44, impeach, uh, well, I mean, if we tried to impeach illegitimate Joe, he'd probably just try to eat the peach, right? Anyways, so... Yeah, impeachment too. Anyways, you know, I, I'm I'm actually pulling more for decertification than for impeachment. Right? He, how can you impeach someone who was not even the president? Right? How can you impeach someone who was not even the president? So let's not let's not dignify his charade. Right? Let's not dignify his clown show with an impeachment, <laughs> as as undignified and unbecoming of a president that might be. 
So there you go, guys. That is our quick update on, quick as it was, right? It took about almost an hour uh, to get through uh, the information on John Durham's investigation to date. Monday, 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 the day before, uh, the day before that uh, hearing on UFOs, uh, we have Michael Sussman hitting the stand, the witness stand, right? And uh, we will see how that goes. Tam Grell says, uh, the 2016 election and after should be given back to Trump and another four years. You know, I agree with that very much so, Tam Grell, because after all, as the evidence shows, how on earth could Trump have been expected to run a country when he's got all of that hanging over his head? And those of us who are proud at the back of our minds are saying, yeah, he had all of that hanging over his head and look how much he still accomplished. But I don't know, maybe the deep state and the globalists made it easy for him. All he had to do was undo all of their bad work. He still did. I think like 95% of what he ran on, he completed. So good job. All right, Mr. Durham, we will see you next week, my friend. We will see you next week. And that brings us up to the trying trials and lawsuits of Dominion voting machines. Now, uh, this is important, guys. For all of us who have not gotten our Dominion updates lately, for all of us who have no idea where these trials and lawsuits stand, we're about to enlighten you, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very important to this because... Well, I mean, think about it, guys. Like I said at the beginning of the episode, we have so much confirmed documentation about exactly how these voting machines work and what they do with new evidence and information coming out just last week out of Otero County, New Mexico. One has to wonder how much longer this... um, I don't know, what do they call it? This kangaroo court that Dominion voting lawsuits keep getting heard in when it's going to shut down. Now, you know, we talked about faith and we talked about, you know, um, optimism and pessimism and uh, where we stand personally in the grand scheme of things compared to Uh, the news and information and the stories that keep on getting out and going on and happening. It's just, uh, it's just like always, it's business as usual. Things never change, ladies and gentlemen. Well, let me tell you what, with uh, the information I'm about to share with you guys today, one would think if uh, Friday the 13th is representative of bad luck and uh, bad tidings, uh, today is quite the appropriate day to share with you all this information. With that said, let's jump right into the Dominion lawsuit updates, ladies and gentlemen. First off, we have Facebook, right? They're rooting for Dominion. I wonder why. I mean, we obviously we know why, right? But Facebook is urging Dominion to continue to... Up- oh, and the courts... I guess some of them Zuckerbucks went over to the courts because they're encouraging the courts to uphold sanctions 
for these frivolous election claims. Again, they tout frivolous. Well, hopefully, can, can we get John Durham on some, uh, you know, election fraud investigations? Because he seems to be doing a pretty good job with the Trump-Russia collusion stuff, right? I mean, at some point, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to come to a head. You get that, right? I mean, I'm sure that Dominion does not understand this. But at some point, they're going to sue someone or someone's going to sue them. And that is going to be the trial that will undo Dominion. And with any luck, if whatever lawyer is handling that trial is as good, savvy, and thorough as John Durham, it's going to reveal all of the connections that all of these media agencies and politicians and business agencies and social media platforms had tied to the victory of Dominion voting systems in the courtroom and in practical runs on elections. With any luck, guys, that is going to be the outcome. Someone's, someone is going to do it. There's going to be, there's, there's always that one, that one lawsuit, guys. There's always that one lawsuit where no one else could break through. That one lawsuit breaks through and takes down the beast takes down Goliath, right? Because to this point, no one can really figure out how Dominion has been able to, uh, to, to pull through with all of these lawsuits. I mean, the only reasonable thought that Dominion has been able to carry on thus far is because the hearings back in December and November of 2020 were all thrown out without looking at the evidence. Same thing could be said about the Antrim County case without looking at the evidence. But since Antrim County, we have four or five independent reports that individually corroborate the fact that Dominion voting machines are fallible, are hackable, are unreliable. And if uh, the C report were any more bigger than a show than it is, they would probably try and slap me with the lawsuit also. Because they're not done yet, guys. They are still going after people at the behest of Facebook, right? And uh, all of their Democrat operatives. So, uh, you know, we don't really have to go through all of this. The headline says it all. But uh, just for uh, hoots and hollers, uh, Facebook is represented by Gibson, Dunn, and Crutcher and Dominion Voting Systems by Brownstein, Hyatt, Farber, Shrek. The company said a magistrate judge did not abuse his discretion in imposing sanctions. The attorneys also relied on an objectively frivolous theory of standing and pressed it even after being reprimanded by the court, the company said. So it sounds like... There's been a bit of a back and forth between uh, Dominion and the courts and Facebook. It says Facebook and Dominion Voting Systems late Friday urged a federal appeals court to uphold sanctions against several attorneys who filed a lawsuit falsely claiming the 2020 election was rigged. And you see, we also get to catch the media on this, too. I mean, I guess the media gets some, um, I don't know, um, 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 uh, shield of immunity 
as they're just reporting on the news, may a communication of some sort come forward in that future lawsuit that reveals the collusion of the media with all of these people so that everyone who printed an article, every newspaper, every, every magazine article, every um, social media post, and every pundit on the, um, uh, the, the brainwashing machine are held accountable for being complicit in spreading the lies that Dominion voting machines cannot be hacked and that there was no fraud in the 2020 election. May that communication come forward, please. May it come forward. We need a good tie-in here, guys. And uh, with as arrogant and full of hubris as these individuals have been pulling this scheme are, I wouldn't doubt that that communication exists. I mean, come on. Hillary Clinton thought that she could beat emails. She learned quickly that she is no match for technology. In a brief, the two companies, also joined by the nonprofit Center for Tech and Civic Life, said a magistrate judge did not abuse his discretion when he ordered Colorado attorneys Gary Fielder and Ernest Walker to pay monetary sanctions for filing a patently frivolous lawsuit. For the legal system to function properly and for courts to maintain integrity and order, lawyers must uphold the ethical standards that apply to us all. But as the district court found, appellants appellants, uh, repeatedly violated those obligations, allowing such conduct to pass unsanctioned would only invite more of it. The filing in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Tenth Circuit reads, Facebook, now known as Meta Platforms, is represented by, we know who represents them. Uh, The Center for Tech and Civic Life is uh, represented by Kaplan, Hecker, and Fink. Walker and Fielder are contesting nearly $187,000 that the United States Magistrate Judge N. Reed uh, Neurader, Neuter, (laughs) Judge Neuter, ordered them to pay to the companies and the states of Michigan and Pennsylvania, which were also named in the suit. The attorneys, in a brief filed last month, accused Neuruder... Neurider of bias and predetermination in issuing the sanctions. The complaint filed in December 2020 and purporting to represent a class of 160 million voters across the United States alleged that Facebook Dominion, the Center for Tech and Civic Life, and several states were part of a sprawling effort to interfere with the 2020 election. On Friday, lawyers for the company said Walker and Fielder had a duty to undertake a pre-filing investigation of allegations in the complaint, but did not do so and instead pushed an unfounded conspiracy theory. The attorneys also relied on an objectively frivolous theory of standing and pressed it even after being reprimanded by the court, the company said. Appellants relied most entirely on factual claims and expert affidavits from other unsuccessful, they, uh, made sure to note, unsuccessful lawsuits, which in some cases they copied directly into their own filings. But appellants did not speak to any of the lawyers or experts who originally submitted those materials, the brief reads. Nor did they take steps to verify the larger conspiracy theory they assembled from these and other facts that they found on the internet. So guys... Like I said, they're going to push forward. They're going to push forward as much as they can, Dominion, and now Facebook, apparently, at least in this case. 
Let's move over to our next lawsuit update. It involves defendant Patrick Byrne. Now, some of you all may remember Patrick Byrne from such companies as um, Overstock.com, okay? Uh, and I know that there is definitely a mixed opinion on Patrick Byrne. I will say um, over here at the Sea Report um, uh, have championed the causes of Patrick Byrne as he is uh, basically the primary funder of the Arizona Forensic Audit. Now, anything else outside of that, guys, I really cannot speak for in regards to Patrick Byrne. I would say he does offer a lot of insight. Uh, but but beyond that, ladies and gentlemen, I stand neutral on Patrick Byrne. I kind of have to when uh, I consider a lot of the different information that comes across my desk. But we'll leave it there, guys, because this is not Mr. C's trial of Patrick Byrne. This is an update on the lawsuit that Dominion has against Patrick Byrne. Again, the man who primarily funded the Arizona Forensic Audit. Tim Growl, thank you so much for the can. Much appreciated. I was getting thirsty. How did you know that? And uh, good evening, uh, Justice Song. Welcome on into the show. You're just in time for the fireworks. All right. Court allows challenge against former Overstock CEO to move forward. Here's where Dominion and Smartmatic's defamation suit stands now. Let's check it out. Uh, voting company Dominion um, Voting Systems defamation lawsuit against former Overstock CEO Patrick Byrne can move forward. A judge ruled Wednesday as Dominion and rival company Smartmatic pursue 11 defamation lawsuits over baseless election fraud claims about their voting machines. Uh, so let's see, it says here, uh, U.S. District Judge Carl J. Nichols ruled Dominion had a defamation case against Byrne and that a reasonable jury could find Byrne acted with actual malice in spreading provable, provably false assertions about Dominion. Now, here's the thing. If they're going to come up with a line that Patrick Byrne used provably false assertions, are they going to be relying on uh, previous court cases that tossed out the evidence without looking at it? Because that's not fair. I would say if the judge is going to be truly fair, then they need to bring the Dominion voting machine software and voting systems into the courtroom and they need to prove there in the courtroom that those assertions were false. But you know what? They're not going to do that because Dominion voting machines have been found to be ineffective and hackable, unreliable, documented at least five times, and one of those documents belonging to opposition, re opposition research against President Trump in the event that he took the 2020 election. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what the Alex J. Halderman um, report on Dominion voting machines was for, funded by the Democrats, and under lock and key, since that day, because the report proves that the machines are unreliable. Why don't you bust that out, Judge Carl J. Nichols, if you want to prove that he was uh, spreading provably false assertions about Dominion voting machines? Logic, ladies and gentlemen, logic. That's why I'm saying that golden lawsuit is out there somewhere.
ladies and gentlemen. That golden lawsuit is out there somewhere. The one that will bring these monsters to heel, okay? Because it's going to have all of the documented information with all of the professionals that looked into these machines and audited, audited them and found out what was inside of them, okay? And that information is already available, but somehow it's lost to all of these judges who are allowing these lawsuits to go forward against people like Patrick Byrne. It's insane, ladies and gentlemen. The omission of evidence in the case of the 2020 election is insane. But we have to keep pressing forward, guys. We cannot relent. We cannot give up because that golden lawsuit is out there, ladies and gentlemen, and it will come forward. Dominion sued Byrne, who has become known for spreading election conspiracy theories after stepping down from Overstock.com in 2019. In August, alleging the businessman manufactured and promoted fake evidence to convince the world that the 2020 election had been stolen using Dominion voting machines and accused him of doing so in order to boost his own investments in blockchain voting technology. Guy, how many times did you guys see Patrick Byrne on the news talking about the rigged election? I mean, I don't recall ever seeing him, but maybe once or twice on Fox News. And it wasn't even about the 2020 election. It was not even about Dominion. It was about, oh, Patrick Byrne's popping up again out of nowhere after all this time. And he was very, very mum on what he was doing. He didn't say anything. He was just like, well, you know, I have this history. Uh, you know, the suits come and visit me every now and then. And, uh, you know, they call me a white hat, blah, 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 blah. You know, I have a team. That's all he said. He never mentioned once Dominion and their uh, lack of efficacy, ladies and gentlemen. So anyhow, that's the gist of this update in regards to uh, Patrick Byrne. I'm not going to read the rest of this article because it will spoil the next story. Uh, speaking of which, let's move on. In the case of defendants Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani, here is the update on the Dominion lawsuit. Now, it appears that there's been a rumor spreading around the mill that uh, Dominion lost their case against specifically Sidney Powell and somewhere in there, Rudy Giuliani as well. Well, you better believe that uh, the fact checkers had a great time sharing the information that that was a false story. Um, it, it, is, it is, in fact, not the Dominion lawsuit against Sidney Powell that was dismissed. OK, uh, so let's see what's going on here, guys. Where are we at? No ruling yet in Dominion lawsuits against Powell and Giuliani. OK, so they are still suffering persecution. Uh, the claim election technology firm Dominion Voting Systems lost its lawsuit against attorney Sidney Powell and former uh, President Donald Trump's former personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, the Associated Press's assessment is that it's false because, of course, there are legal documentation websites that you can go and figure this out for yourself, right? So legal records show that Dominion's defamation lawsuits against Powell and Giuliani are ongoing as of May 2022. Okay. Um, and here's the headline that uh, tricked everyone. Here's the, you know, who put this out? Real Raw News, 
Absent from the news, read a tweet shared more than 18,000 times. Dominion lost their lawsuits against Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell. Now, why someone would go and lie about that, I don't know. Maybe it's someone with a sick sense of humor, right? Or maybe it's just a really spiteful, uh, spiteful uh, troll, right? Uh, however, both these defamation lawsuits are still open according to websites that track legal cases. In uh, January 2021, Dominion Voting Systems filed the lawsuits against Giuliani and Powell, claiming the lawyers falsely accused the company of rigging the 2020 presidential election in favor of Joe Biden. Now, see, that's different. Like, Sidney Powell really was on the TV all the time in every show, but not like Patrick Byrne. Anyways, so uh, a pretty short and simple update, guys, about the status of Rudy Giuliani and uh, Sidney Powell's um, blood pressure, right? I mean, basically. All right, guys, who's up next? In the case of defendant Mike Lindell and the lawsuit of Dominion voting systems against him, here is the update. Let's see what's uh, going on in the world of Lindell and Dominion. Well, apparently, guys, a judge has rejected my pillow CEO Mike Lindell's appeal to dismiss Dominion's $1.3 billion lawsuit against him. And guys, if Sidney Powell was on the TV and every show all the time uh, talking about Dominion, you better believe Mike Lindell was all... I mean, he was coming up out of every nook and cranny, out of every manhole. There was Mike Lindell, Dominion, Dominion, Dominion! They stole the election. The machines were hacked, right? I mean, if Sidney Powell was everywhere, Mike Lindell, Mike Lindell was basically, <laughs> he was basically the energy that moves the world on this topic. Let's see what the uh, uh, article has to say. A judge has dismissed my pillow CEO Mike Lindell's latest attempt to get voting technology company Dominion's $1.3 billion defamation lawsuit against him thrown out. In a judgment filed on Tuesday, District Judge Carl J. Nichols. You know what? We need to do some uh, opposition opposition research on Carl J. Nichols. It's what I think, right? Uh, apparently, he denied Lindell's appeal to have Dominion's defamation claims dismissed. Instead, the judge wrote that litigation against MyPillow would continue. Per the filing, Nichols wrote that MyPillow has not made a serious argument that a court is required at the motion to dismiss stage in a defamation case to consider and weigh factual materials outside the pleadings and relied on by the defendant. The judge also wrote that the questions raised by Lindell's team were far from exceptional. Dominion sued Lindell and his pillow company in February of 2021. Dominion was like, I'm going to get you and your pillows too, Mike Lindell. Alleging that he damaged them when he pushed false conspiracies about the election technology company's role in the 2020 election. Uh, let's see here. It says, in February, Dominion and Lindell's legal team said that they have no intention of settling their case. So both of them. Ah, God bless Mike Lindell. And he has. Dominion's like, we're not settling the case. And he's like, we're not either. You know, you, there's something to be said about that man's um, tenacity. Wouldn't you say, guys? Wouldn't you say? So, well, there you go. They're in, a, they're in a deadlock trial, ladies and gentlemen. Neither side is going to give in. 
And his, his case will probably still be in the courts when that golden lawsuit comes out. I'm telling you. Never give up. Never surrender. Don't relent, ladies and gentlemen, even in the face of this type of bogus news. Okay? Because let's face it. The news of these lawsuits could weigh one soul down. But, ladies and gentlemen, but, 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 the passage of time, the admittance of discovery, there is a lawsuit out there, ladies and gentlemen. Someone, someone write me a song. There is a lawsuit out there. <laughs> and I tell you guys, it will be the one. All right, guys, let's go on to our next Dominion lawsuit update. Boom. Oh, wait, we're not done with Lindell. My bad. I'm sorry, Mr. MyPillow. All right, and we got another story from Lindell. MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell is bankrolling a nationwide push to halt the use of voting machines in elections, starting with Arizona. What did I say about Lindell's tenacity? Not Tin Ass City. That's a different industry, Aurelius Locke. <laughs> but like I said, tenacious this man is. He's like, not only am I not going to give up on my lawsuit, I'm also going to start uh, dismantling your hold over the election system, Dominion voting machines and all voting machines. He's like, if I can't beat you, I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> I'm going to make you irrelevant. All right, let's see this. Let's check this out real quick. There's my silver lining, Mr. Mike Lindell. My pillow CEO, Mike Lindell, is bankrolling what he calls a nationwide series of lawsuits to stop the use of voting machines in local and national elections. Maybe he's going to lawfare Dominion to death, financially speaking, right? He's like, I can play that game too. Speaker to insider, uh, speaking to insider on Sunday, Lindell said that his attempt to halt the use of electronic voting machines in all 50 states has kicked off with the first injunction filed in Arizona on Friday. The filing lists Trump-backed gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake and Representative Mark Fincham running for Secretary of State of Arizona as plaintiffs. Lake and Fincham funded by Lindell and represented by lawyers, including Alan Dershowitz. Why does this guy always have to appear everywhere? Why does Alan Dershowitz have to appear everywhere? Can he just not fly off into that great Lolita Express in the sky and be gone from our lives? Anyways, they are suing Kathleen Hobbs. <laughs> Kathleen Hobbs. <laughs> uh, any, <laughs> anyways, okay. Because she, uh, Kathleen Hobbs actually, I think she put her name down on the ballot as Karen Hobbs. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so uh, that's Arizona's current Secretary of Snakes and members of the Maricopa and Pima County Boards of Supervisor. The filing bills itself as a civil rights action for declaratory and injunctive relief to prohibit the use of electronic voting machines. It also calls for Arizona's authorities to halt the use of any electronic voting systems until the system is made open to the public and subjected to scientific analysis by objective experts who will... Determine whether it is secure from manipulation or intrusion. So there you go, guys. There you go. And then we have some warm words of encouragement from Lake and from Fincham and from Trump. 
Lindell told Insider that the costs for the legal fees involved in the Arizona suit amounted to around $500,000. He said that the subpoenaed the subsequent lawsuits for which he intends to file 49 more states would cost him around $100,000 to $200,000 per legal battle. I'm going to do as many as I can afford, said Lindell, who previously claimed that he had spent tens of millions of his own money pushing the former president's, their words, not mine, voter fraud claims. Right now, I'm on the I'm I'm the one financing them. So I'm going to keep doing them. Lindell added that injunctions in South Dakota, Minnesota, Texas, Wisconsin, Alabama, Louisiana and Colorado are coming next. Awesome. He said he appreciated Trump's shout out at the Ohio rally and the former president, their words, not mine, apparent appreciation for his efforts. I think everybody there, including him, appreciates it. I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to I'm going to keep trying to help our country and get this fixed and get the machines gone. So saith this man here, Mike Lindell. God bless him. God bless Mike Lindell. So there you go, guys. There, I think, is the summation of the Dominion uh, voting situation and uh, Mike Lindell, guys. And that has been your Mike Lindell Dominion Voting Systems update in regards to the lawsuits in progress. All right, let's move on to our next Dominion lawsuit. Ah, there's Mike Lindell again, Mr. Lindell. God bless you, Mike Lindell. We had to show you a face one more time. All right, Mr. Lindell, I think we've given you enough TV time. Uh, next Dominion lawsuit, please. There we go. There we go. There we go. In regards to the Dominion lawsuit update with plaintiff Torp Sahari Morris, otherwise known as Tory says. Okay. Now here is a lawsuit that not many people, if anybody knows about at all. We, uh, we reported on it maybe a month ago maybe a month ago. Anyhow, um, America First, um, a live streamer and blogger, or, you know, article, she's a journalist, investigative journalist. Let's, let's put it that way, right? Investigative journalist and broadcaster, Tori says, actually has a lawsuit that was filed against Dominion. Uh, that's right. Um, at the time, uh, Torp Sahari Morris's lawsuit against Dominion was the only active lawsuit against Dominion, and she served as the plaintiff in this lawsuit. Now, one might be wondering, um, uh, what was Tory suing Dominion over? Well, uh, the, the, the crux of um, Tory's lawsuit against Dominion was it was a defamation lawsuit. That's right. Uh, Tory was, um, Tory was uh, suing Dominion over defaming her uh, in, in how they relayed their lawsuits against of course, Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell and everyone that we just talked about. So very interesting lawsuit. Now, the defamation lawsuit did not uh, exclude other parties. Included in the lawsuit, it was Dominion Voting Systems. It was uh, Media Matters. Um, and I believe also uh, Stop the Steals, Ali Alexander, Akbar. They were all included on the lawsuit. There might have been another defendant there that I'm forgetting. Uh, anyhow... Anyhow, um, here's another interesting factoid that not many people are aware of. 
Um, in the Sidney Powell lawsuit against Dominion, Sidney Powell had a witness and a special affidavit included in that lawsuit, okay, against Dominion. Um, the witness actually was Tori uh, Mares, ladies and gentlemen. She was the witness and uh, she was the signer of the affidavit uh, that was in the lawsuit against Dominion. Now, we actually also covered Tori's lo uh, lawsuit and affidavit as included in um, uh, Sidney Powell's lawsuit. So that, you know, that was, it was a, it was a really interesting lawsuit. I mean, in that lawsuit, again, guys, we had a breakdown of Dominion voting machines. Uh, we had, it, it was a technical and a scientific breakdown. You know, it, it wasn't just an investigative forensic type of uh, a report that was shared in that. And there was other evidentiary um, pieces of information that uh, were being used against Dominion. But of course... Because of uh, Judge Christopher J. Nichols, you know, um, and uh, these frivolous lawsuits, um, that in itself was thrown out. And then, you know, as the story goes, we had um, a Sydney and all of the all of the rest being sued. Now, in regards to Tory's lawsuit against Dominion, um, it was recently, as of I believe this past week. It was actually dismissed, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I would say the strategy behind her lawsuit was pretty, it was, it, it was at a good angle, you know, because she was defamed by uh, these entities for saying that uh, the Dominion voting machines could be hacked into, that they could be connected to Wi-Fi, uh, that they were unreliable. Uh, in order to prove their case, Dominion literally would have had to prove with facts and reports that their machines were actually infallible, right? So a very interesting angle that lawsuit took. Now, that's not to say that in the case against Dominion for defamation, Tory has no recourse. Um, the case was thrown out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, courtroom uh, because the judges found that there was no um, there was no jurisdiction for them to rule on that case there and um, according to Tori they actually did provide her information about where she could go or made recommendations about where she could file the lawsuit so I don't know that um, Tori is going to continue with the lawsuit you know um, move forward with you know filing lawsuits in the proper jurisdiction. Um, but, you know, that is um, that is to say that uh, there this lawsuit may not be at an end just yet. Maybe this is the golden lawsuit I keep referring to. Right. I would be like, you need to go get a hold of, uh, you know, you need to go get a hold of, um, of the Colorado report. You need to go talk to Tina Peters. You need to go talk to uh, this um, this uh, Jeffrey, uh, um, um, uh, this Jeffrey was his last name, Lendberg, right from New from New Mexico and Antrim County. Uh, you need to get a hold of J. Alex Halderman. And actually, actually, uh, speaking of J. Uh, J. Alex Halderman's um, Dominion Machine Report, you know, the one that's under lock and key because it was actually opposition research to work against President Trump in the event that he took 2020 as paid for by the Democrats. That J. Alex Halderman, um, he had a um, he had a brief 
uh, kind of summary of his Dominion voting machine report that's under lock and key. And she actually managed to get that summary included in her lawsuit. So that's already there. Okay. So actually, you know, she already got a report in that lawsuit to prove her case against their defamation, their lies, basically. So if she could, if she could wrangle the Tina Peters report, if she could wrangle the Michael Gableman report, if she could wrangle the, um, uh, the reports from Antrim County as provided by Jeffrey Lendenberg, that could be the, and, and get into a proper jurisdiction, that could be the golden lawsuit right there. Wouldn't that be something, guys? That would be amazing, right? That would be amazing. So, well, you know, never let it be said that some of us people who uh, do these types of shows don't actually get their feet in the fire because uh, Tori Morris really has, in this case, um, fought for our sovereignty and for the integrity of our elections. And for that, we give thanks. Like, God bless Tori Morris. God bless Mike Lindell, right? Oh, why not? God bless Rudy Giuliani and God bless uh, Sidney Powell as well and Patrick Byrne. Okay, guys, so that is the update from this little-known lawsuit regarding Tory Says and Dominion. I hope a new wrinkle has formed in your brain. Next lawsuit. Oh, I apologize, guys. Uh, let, let me show you the proof that's in the pudding that's in the taste. We're not going to read this, but this is the actual lawsuit. Uh, plaintiff Torpsahari Mares versus, here we go, uh, Congressman Steve Cohen. Uh, Dominion Incorporated, Dominion uh, Voting Systems Incorporated, Dominion Voting Systems Corporation, and uh, this is this is the um, this is the uh, the Eastern District of Chattanooga. This is their ruling on dismissing the case. It's not her actual lawsuit. I should say that because then you would see Media Matters, and you would see Ali Akbar Alexander also listed there in the defendants. But uh, yeah, this is their opinion, basically. And we can, we can actually look at some of this real quick uh, so you guys can see that I'm not just making this up. Plaintiff Torpsahari Mares sued defendants alleging that they had defamed her in connection with an opinion she gave regarding potential election fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, defendants U.S. Dominion Incorporated, Dominion Voting Systems Incorporated, and Dominion Voting Systems Corporation, collectively Dominion, and Defendant Media Matters for America have moved to dismiss for lack of personal jurisdiction and failure to state a claim pursuant to federal, court, uh, federal rules of civil procedure. Okay. Um, um, has moved to dismiss for a lack of subject matter jurisdiction and failure to state a claim pursuant to federal rules, blah, 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 blah. The parties have fully briefed the issues and all motions are ripe for resolution. So, you know, that's basically it. After the November 2020 general election, former President Donald Trump, their words not mine, and other plaintiffs hired attorney Sidney Powell to sue Dominion, alleging it had rigged the pres presidential election results. Dominion sells electronic voting hardware and software, including voting machines and tabulators used by several states during the 2020 general election. Relevant to Morris's defamation claim, here is the lawsuit Powell fi uh, filed in federal court in the District of Arizona, where she claimed the Arizona election process and results were so riddled with fraud, illegality, and statistical impossibility that Arizona voters, courts, and legislators cannot rely on or certify its results. In support of her election fraud claims, Powell submitted affidavits from several experts, including Morris, who identified potential election fraud issues but did not identify any actual fraud, right? Because it was all thrown out. 
Plus, the audits had not even started at that time. Unlike some of the other affidavits, Powell redacted Morris's name from her affidavit so her identity remained anonymous. In her affidavit, Morris noted the concerns that she had regarding foreign interference in our elections through hardware components from companies based in foreign companies with adverse interests. The defendants in the Arizona case asked the district court to dismiss the action for failure to state a claim. So that is a summation of that case in case none of you guys ever knew about it, right? Uh, Because I don't think many people are allowed to talk about it. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com. That's www.thecreport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Okay, guys, now we can go on to our next lawsuit, Dominion lawsuit update. Now, guys, this one is a little disheartening, I will tell you. Uh, because apparently one American news network has folded under a lawsuit that has been brought against them, right? I mean, when Dominion sued them, they pressed forward, still doing their America first, still covering election integrity, just not touching the machines, right? Well, it appears that they have been taken down, as it were, and you'll never guess by who, ladies and gentlemen, You will never guess by who. Oh, hey, Java, what's going on? Hey, Bubbles, thank you for for gifting the cookie. Right, right. So let's talk about the assassins. Let's talk about the, the litigious assassins that took down OAN. You guys, are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Those that dethroned, those that took down, those that caused OAN to cry uncle were none other than, hey, you're not the one, where'd you go? (laughs) Not that guy. Hold on. Oh, oh, that was so anticlimactic, ladies and gentlemen. I am utterly disappointed in myself right now. Hold on. Where did they go? Oh my goodness, where did they go? Oh, they're hiding. I just know they are hiding. Where are they? You guys are probably like, what the, who is Mr. C talking about here? Oh my, I will find them. I will find those rascally rapscallions. Let me see. You guys, I man, it would have been so good if I had actually had the photo. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Is this the right one? I'm not telling you until I get you a picture, guys, because it is, it is astonishingly uh, ridiculous, the people that took down OAN. You're going to be like, really? <laughs> They're the ones? <laughs> They're the ones who took down OAN? Oh my goodness. 
Now I'm really curious about what I did with the photograph. I had the picture in the queue. There they are. There they are. Ugh. Okay, all right. I know your curiosity is probably at least somewhat per pricked by now, right? Come on. What you mean about blank? Oh, I see. I see what's going on here. I see. It is a uh, it is a conspiracy against the fluidity of this show. <laughs> okay. It's coming up, guys. I got it. I got it. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Hold on to your pants, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your pants, okay? Because I still think, even though that was totally anticlimactic and somewhat disappointing, that you're still going to be surprised, okay? I still think you're still going to be surprised. All right, here are the OAN assassins, ladies and gentlemen. They which caused them to uh, um, um, uh, take back their beliefs, they, uh, to, to break their integrity, guys. That's right. It's these two. None other than Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shamos, ladies and gentlemen, have cracked One America News. Now, here's the story. OAN admits bogus Georgia election fraud conspiracy. Nay, not only did they not um, uh, continue in that uh, regard against Dominion, they completely conceded the fraud of the 2020 election to those two vipers. They uh, admit that bogus Georgia election fraud conspiracy theory that it hyped OAN was bogus. Is that not disheartening, y'all? All right, okay, let's check the story out. Uh, Pro-Trump media outlet One American News Network put out a legal disclaimer on Monday admitting that a conspiracy theory it peddled about the 2020 election results in Georgia was false. During a broadcast on Monday evening, OAN host Mike Deneau presented what he called an updated report from Georgia officials on their voter fraud investigation, which concluded all the way back in October last year that there was no voter fraud. The so-called report was actually a legal disclaimer from OAN following a defamation lawsuit brought over the right-wing network's repeated false claim that election workers in Fulton County, Georgia, switched votes for then-President Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Georgia election officials have concluded that there was no widespread voter fraud by election workers who counted ballots at the State Farm Arena in November 2020, a voiceover in the disclaimer said. The results of this investigation indicate that Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shea Moss did not engage in ballot fraud or criminal misconduct. A legal matter with this network and the two election workers has been resolved to the mutual satisfaction of the parties through a fair and reasonable settlement. Freeman and Moss, who are mother and daughter, sued OAN and ex-Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani in December for defamation over the conspiracy theory, which the two election workers who are black said led, said led to an onslaught of violent and racist threats and harassment against them. Freeman and Moss are also suing right-wing website The Gateway Pundit in a separate suit on similar defamation claims. Oh my goodness, they're probably going to come for me. 
However, OAN's legal woes that arose from its lies about the 2020 election are not over. The outlet is still facing a billion-dollar lawsuit from Dominion Voting Systems, which was the voting machine company repeatedly at the center of MAGALAND's fake conspiracy theories about voter fraud. Yes, this is from Talking Points Memo, right? Where all the Democrat operatives go to get their talking points. Dominion lawsuits, uh, Dominion's lawsuit came after OAN had apparently tried to fend off that lawsuit in advance with a lengthy disclaimer put before MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell's clownish absolute proof movie about the 2020 election. Lindell is being sued by Dominion too. And of course, we all remember Dominion said, if you, if Mike Lindell goes through with this movie, we're suing everybody again. So yeah. Well, guys, there's that. There is that. Don't give up. Do not stop. Don't back down. Do not relent. Find that silver lining. Find your Garland Favorito moment. Find your inner Garland Favorito. And look for another pathway through, even in the face of this adversity, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? And I'm going to have to save an image of Garland Favorito to my, uh, to my streaming platform so that we can all remind each other at the end of a negative report that we can always find our inner Garland Favorito. And if you don't know who Garland Favorito is by now, you have not been in my audience long enough, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, guys, we only got a couple of more stories and we're calling it a wrap. Thanks for hanging out with us today on this Friday the 13th. I, I apologize I had to be the bearer of bad news, but someone's got to tell you this information. Someone's got to update you. Someone's got to keep you abreast on all of the battlefronts for election integrity and against the election fraud that occurred in the 2020 general election, right? So uh, here's what we got left on the table, guys. Smartmatic. People tend to forget that Smartmatic is not Dominion, even though at one time they were, even though they claimed that they weren't. But we, we already went through the history of these voting machines like several, several episodes ago, guys. I mean, they, oh, I mean, you know, you know, Dominion, all of these voting machines, Heart InterCivic, uh, Sequoia, which is now defunct, which was eaten up by Heart InterCivic, Dominion, they all run off intellectual property that comes from Smartmatic. And still to this day, nobody knows who owns that intellectual property because it's from a, it's from a, uh, what, a corporation, business, shell, or what is it, a shell corporation within a shell corporation with a shell corporation somewhere, uh, somewhere overseas. That's all that they know, Right. That's all that they know. But they all use the same intellectual property. Which I would dare say, guys. Remember when I gave you guys that theory? I gave you guys that theory on how um, the, um, in, the international interference, right? Foreign interference could tie into the rigging of the machines in the States, right? It's like a two-part plan, Right? You get your you get your uh, intellectually uh, intellectual property from some you know foreign agent machines right, uh, hooking up with uh, uh, Seidel and and the uh, Leonardo the um, uh, the uh, what the the military firm over there in Italy right shooting around numbers 
storing them over there in Germany in the uh, in the um, databases, right? And and then you know once when uh, the main thing for that part right there, guys, is the press because let's not forget who announced the winner of this election. Who told us the winner of the 2020 election was it Congress? Was it a fair vote or was it not the media? Right, the Associated Press. Right, they're the ones who declared the winner of the 2020 election, and uh, all of the politicians followed suit. Uh, but you know, you had Seidel shooting their numbers around and, and they contract with media outlets to get them that data, right? And in Tory's affidavit, there's actually a section that explains how that occurs and a process of encryption that the data goes through so that one cannot tell how the numbers were Stored, changed, altered, and then dispensed, shot back out, right? Yeah, that was in her affidavit as well. And um, then you have that happening. And then, of course, you have the uh, Dominion machines, the heart intracific machines, the Smartmatic machines on the ground, right? That all have Wi-Fi access or connectability, remote access, right? We've discovered that in several if not all of the uh, investigations into the hardware of these machines. And you get that, um, you get that number to match the number that Seidel shoots down. And then you get all of these uh, printing companies to dump ballots in the middle of the night to match the number on the machines that matches the number that came from Seidel. Anyways, that's my theory. Don't wear it out. Anyways, okay. So uh, just two, yeah, just two stories on on Smartmatic and their lawsuits, okay? Because there were lawsuits. Now, in regards to the Smartmatic lawsuit against defendant Sidney Powell, here's the story, guys. Now, uh, maybe someone was confused when they said that uh, Dominion lost their case against Sidney Powell. It was actually uh, it was actually Smartmatic that lost their case against Sidney Powell. Smartmatic says that it is continuing to press its defamation lawsuit against Sidney Powell after a judge dismissed the case. Obviously, this was not Christopher Nichols, right? Judge Christopher Nichols, I would say. Smartmatic is still pursuing its legal claims against conspiracy theorist Sidney Powell, a company spokesperson told Insider, even after a judge threw out part of the company's lawsuit against the former lawyer for President Donald Trump. We've already filed a lawsuit in D.C. and asked to stay the proceedings until the New York court ruled, a representative for Smartmatic told Insider. We're either good to proceed in D.C. or appeal the New York decision. On Wednesday, New York State Supreme Court Judge David B. Cohen tossed out the portions of a wide-ranging $2.7 billion defamation lawsuit that Smartmatic filed against Powell, fellow 2020 election conspiracy theorist Rudy Giuliani, Fox News, and several other Fox News hosts. He denied the claims against Powell in particular on jurisdictional grounds, ruling that her false claims about Smartmatic rigging the election were not sufficiently tied to the state of New York. Ah, kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Tory says is... Um, a lawsuit there. Uh, but in November, Smartmatic filed a backup lawsuit against Powell in federal court in Washington, D.C. 
In court filings, the company expressly told the judge it was a way to stake a claim against Powell in the case the New York state judge dismissed the case on jurisdictional grounds. The uh, Smartmatic spokesperson said the company is still weighing whether to appeal the decision in New York or continue proceedings in D.C. And then it goes on to Dominion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it talks about the, the wild success of Dominion voting machines lawsuits against Sidney Powell. Right. Hey, there's that man again. It's Mike Lindell. That's right. Mike Lindell also had a Smartmatic lawsuit. So in the case of the Smartmatic lawsuit against Mike Lindell, here is your update. Come on, Lindell. Smartmatic has already sued my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. Now they're going after his lawyers. Hmm. Wonder what's going on here. Of all the people who have lied about the 2020 presidential election, no one has fought harder than Mike Lindell, so saith Business Insider. Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani have studiously defended themselves. I told you guys if uh, Powell was everywhere, Mike Lindell was oxygen, right? Anyway, so uh, defended themselves against defamation lawsuits from Smartmatic and Dominion Voting Systems. The MyPillow CEO, on the other hand, has become more worked up, livid at what he sees as nothing less than the theft of American democracy. How about the theft of uh, the American way of, of America, period? Not just democracy. Democracy is just a small part of that, guys. I mean, uh, we are a constitutional republic, first and foremost, right? Rule of law shall prevail. Taking the, taking the offense, the MyPillow CEO has filed countersuits and refused to hand over discovery information to Dominion after a federal judge said the technology company's lawsuit could proceed. Ah, see, he's withholding... Discovery information. Haha. -ha. As part of one counterclaim, he alleged in court filings that Smartmatic and Dominion are both owned by Chinese nationals and that they colluded with a public relations firm to suppress his free speech and ruin him financially. This was the biggest crime family, probably bigger than the mafia crime family, uh, Lindell told the insider. They were part of the biggest crime in human history, period. They were there. That's where we're at. And yes, that is accurate information as we discovered when we went through the history of these voting machines. There are indeed connections to Chinese nationals. Smartmatic has denied the claims and repeatedly pointed out that it played a role in only one county's election administration in 2020. But the outlandish nature of the accusations pressed them to take another step, asking the judge to sanction Lindell and his lawyers before the case is even over. There's no legal precedent for the claims that are being brought, Smartmatic attorney J. Eric Connolly told Insider. I understand that someone can throw a lot of spaghetti on the wall, but that does not provide you a factual or a legal predicate for a claim. Uh, yeah, but um, isn't the judge the one who has to clean that mess up? Anyways, Lindell's purpose in filing his lawsuit, Con Connolly wrote in court filings, was to undermine confidence in the 2020 U.S. elections, something he said should result in sanctions. His complaint does not raise a viable claim against Smartmatic because Mr. Lindell has none. Instead, he is using this court as a platform and abusing its legitimacy, blah, 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 says the litigious, litigious, litigious lawyer. Smartmatic asked U.S. District Judge Carl J. Nichols, who's presiding over the uh, Dominion cases, what do you ask him? Um, to hand over, oh wait, 
asked uh, uh, blah, 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 to order Lindell and his lawyers to hand over any money they've made from their litigation. Really? Judges colluding, I see. Uh, Jan Jacobowitz, a legal ethics advisor, said that Lindell's lawyers may have run afoul of Rule 11 in the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, which requires attorneys to file only motions that have a basis in fact and law. While lawyers don't always have to think they have a slam dunk case, Jacobitz says, Jacobowitz says, it's the duty of every lawyer to make sure their case makes sense. It makes perfect sense, guys. Uh, I mean, come on. Obviously, these lawyers have not been paying attention to the stories and the reports and the investigations and the audits that have been coming across our desk, my desk. Let's see. Mike Lindell dragged Smartmatic into Dominion's lawsuit. The naughty fight over whether the judge will sanction Lindell and his lawyer is tied up with a larger, more complicated lawsuit over whether he defamed Dominion. In early 2021, Dominion filed separate defamation lawsuits against Mike Lindell and MyPillow. That's right. Um, uh, let's see here. They, they were a rival. Te- well, they are a rival technology company. Anyhow, all three conspiracy theorists falsely claimed in one way or another that Dominion and the rival election technology company Smartmatic rigged the 2020 presidential election, etc., etc., etc. Well, so there you go, guys. There is your Mike Lindell Smartmatic update. Apparently, he's not backing down from that one as well. <laughs> go, Mike Lindell. All right, guys, we got, we're up to our last story for tonight. We finally made it, ladies and gentlemen to the last story for tonight. Now, if I were to say any of the stories tonight were disheartening, it's this one, okay? It's this one. Um, But we're not going to succumb to the pessimistic attitude of defeat, guys. We're not going to do it. But as you all may know, the Antrim County, Michigan election audit case that had sat in appeals for almost a year was finally resuscitated a few weeks ago to be uh to be um um heard by a panel of three judges in which they would decide whether or not the lawsuit would make it out of appeals and hit the uh the um uh the uh, courtrooms again or if it would be just dismissed well a decision has been made Uh, The Antrim County election fraud lawsuit has been thrown out, ladies and gentlemen. It has been thrown out. Now, the only reason why it's disheartening for me is because I've been covering this case for since we started the show. You know, I've been covering all of these cases to the best of my ability since I started this show. It's been it was the impetus for doing this show, you know, to keep up with these stories, to make sure there was an outlet that at least some people could hear them. Right. Um. Well, guys, you know, Matthew DiPerno, he did a, he, he fought a good fight. Now, I know it sounds like I'm being kind of rather final on the decision. And, and really, I'm not. The only thing is that I have not yet heard or read a statement from DiPerno on this case, right? And he hasn't said anything. He's running for secretary. I mean, he's sorry, he's running for attorney general in Michigan right now. So I get he's pretty tied up. He's also facing a lot of challenges from his GOP brethren who are trying to get him disbarred. And the fact that this case was thrown out, I I think is not going to make it any easier for him. If not, in fact, it's going to add ammunition 
to those rhinos who are trying to de- de- dethrone him. Dethroning and throning is, and knighting is such a terrible, terrible language to use in this, uh, in this country, right? Uh, uh, to remove him, right, from his, his, um, his lead, from his nomination as the GOP contender for the state of Michigan against crooked Attorney General Dana Nassell, Okay. Uh, the forces are working hard against this man. They are working hard against this man. Let's check out the story. Court of Appeals rejects Antrim election lawsuit. A three-judge panel of, of the Michigan Court of Appeals rejected a central Lake Township's man's efforts to reverse a trial judge's decision to dismiss an election-related lawsuit filed against Antrim County. Uh, individual voters do not have the authority to conduct their own election audits. That power rests with the Secretary of State. The judges ruled in a decision published Thursday morning. Now, is this not ridiculous how they twisted and turned the meaning and the language of what they were saying in this lawsuit, guys? Like, judge, it's obvious that 80 million people cannot perform their own individual um, forensic audit on the voting system. And that we're not going to have 80 million forensic audits. Judge! Judges! Really? I mean, if you ask me, this was a very easy way out, guys, for these judges to look like... Actually, they look like damn fools to me. Like, do you think anyone in their right mind would believe that Matthew DiPerno and William Bailey, his, uh, his client were seeking for each and every single individual soul in the state of Michigan to perform their own audit of the 2020 election? Does that make sense to anybody that these judges maintained that this is what Matthew DiPerno sought as relief for his client in the case of election fraud? Is this a joke? Is this real raw news? Is this the Babylon Bee? Is this really happening? Well, apparently in Michigan, they're as crooked as they come, I would say. And yes, I know that is a judgment, a snap one at that. But come on. Antrim County election lawsuit. Record Eagle coverage of the lawsuit uh, related to the 2020 general election in Antrim County. The statutory, statutory language does not allow private citizens to conduct independent audits, and we are not permitted to read words into the plain language of a statute. Bill Bailey, who sued Antrim County on November 23, 2020, contending fraud occurred in the county's presidential election, is represented by attorney Matthew DiPerno, who is seeking the Republican nomination, who has received the Republican nomination for the attorney general, a decision set to be made Saturday, right? So Michigan's Bureau of Elections conducted a hand recount, okay, in Antrim County, though DiPerno argued during a uh, COA hearing, County of Antrim uh, hearing, April 12th, that Bailey was entitled to an audit which reviewed ballots, documents, and procedures. So, I mean, I guess this is what could be expected when you have a single plaintiff, right? As opposed to the state legislature performing the audit as occurred in Arizona, right? We are seeing the differences now, right? That was an individual independent audit, right? Okay, so in 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 uh, in uh, in um, Wyndham, New Hampshire, just like I believe in Otero County, it was a county effort. So I guess the relief would not be 
an individual plaintiff, right? It was the county, you know? It was the township of Wyndham. So I guess that all makes sense, right? So there you have it. You have your statewide audit as, as uh, I guess, uh, as initiated by the Senate. You have your individual audit as initiated by a single plaintiff. And you have your county or your town audits as initiated by commissioners, you know, or, or, or adelmen or whatever you want to call them. And depending on what region of the country that you're in. Good to know, right? At least we learned something. There's my Garland Favorito moment, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Erica Grill, an assistant state attorney general who represented the secretary of snakes, Jocelyn Benson, an intervener in the case, presented rebuttal arguments. While the county of Antrim panel did uphold 13th Circuit Court Judge Kevin Elsenheimer's dismissal, in its 12-page decision, the judges also appeared to call into question whether Bailey should have been given the right to conduct a forensic exam of the county's voting equipment. So it's not over yet, ladies and gentlemen, as Elsenheimer allowed in a December 5th, 2020 order. Here is our Garland Favorito moment, guys. Here it is. Plaintiff alleged that this relief was proper in order to ensure the accuracy and integrity of the election, the written County of uh, Antrim opinion states, of the forensic exam of the machines. While Article 2, Section 4.2 is certainly aimed at preserving the purity of elections, it does not provide plaintiff with a cause of action. Instead, the opinion states this portion of Michigan's constitution is actually a directive to the legislature to create laws to do so. The legality of the forensic exam was not an appeals issue, however. De Perno had focused his appeal arguments on whether Bailey's claims were moot, as Grill previously argued was the case, and Elsenheimer in his dismissal agreed. Elsenheimer's order states Bailey had received all the claims he was entitled to, Bailey, Elsenheimer said in his dismissal order, does not get to choose his own audit criteria. County of Attorney judges disagreed with Elsenheimer's interpretation of moot, yet affirmed his ruling, saying the lawsuit still failed as a matter of law. Nonetheless, we will not reverse a trial court's decision when it reaches the right result, even if for the wrong reason, the opinion states. The COA decision came just nine days after oral arguments with a portion of that time taken up by a holiday weekend. Bailey, a realtor and former member of the county's planning commission, sued the county after initial results of the presidential election there showed. Then Democrat challenger Joe Biden received more votes than uh, President Donald Trump in the traditionally conservative state. County Clerk Cheryl Guy acknowledged human error by her office led to incorrect initial vote tallies. They were they were, these were soon corrected and deemed accurate in the certified results, which showed Trump won the county by several thousand votes, over 6,000. The results of the subsequent court-ordered forensic exam by Dallas-based Allied Security Operations Group were later debunked by experts. Oh, whatever, whatever. Experts, oh wait, Chris Krebs, right? The traitor to the nation, Chris Krebs, right? The one who colluded with all of these NGOs and Smartmatic and Dominion himself and yet was supposed to be the head of the cybersecurity, cyber um, 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 department. <laughs> CISA, guys, I can't remember. It's like cybersecurity, whatever, whatever, whatever. Okay, so a former Trump appointee and cybersecurity director within the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Whatever. It was not debunked. Whatever. Okay. Whatever. Okay. That is, that is just poppycock. Uh, City of Antrim judges Thomas C. Cameron, Mark 
J. Kavanaugh and Michael J. Godola made up the panel with Cameron and Godola asking whether DePerno was arguing individual voters had an individual right to conduct an audit. They asked the stupid question, uh, Mr. DePerno, uh, are you saying that uh, eight, there should be 80 million audits by every individual uh, uh, Michigoan? When Elsenheimer dismissed Bailey's lawsuit, he also stayed or paused other matters in the case. DePerno previously said in media appearances he would take the case to the Supreme Court. All right, so there's my statement, guys. There is my statement. Justice Song, it might sound like the Nazis are winning, but are they? The stayed matter includes whether DePerno can add Guy as a named defendant in Bailey's lawsuit and whether court-protected images from Antrim County's Dominion voting equipment were shared during an August cyber symposium hosted by Donald Trump supporter and MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell. I told you, this guy's oxygen. He's everywhere, Mike Lindell. Dominion previously issued a lengthy statement in response to the reported public release of court-protected images stating the company reported the incident to the proper authorities, including the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. Bailey has 42 days from the date of the COA decision to apply for leave to the state Supreme Court. Okay, and the piece of information that's also excluded from here, the uh, Garland Favorito moment, is that Judge Elsenheimer... While he dismissed the case, he questioned whether or not um, William Bailey could forensically audit the machines and in so doing ordered Antrim County's election data to be sealed and to be protected until that matter was resolved, which means... Say, say, I was going to say, say Garland Favorito, say Matthew DiPerno takes it to the Supreme Court and that is a wash they could still possibly get their hands on, or maybe through the Supreme Court, they can get their hands on those election machines and they can review the data, okay? Because make no mistake, during the Antrim County audit, there was a review of the machines as performed by Jeffrey Lendberg, who was in Otero County, New Mexico, just last week or at the beginning of the week. And... Um, we 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 showed you guys his demonstration of how these machines are hackable and how they can be accessed remotely and how the votes can be manipulated. He demonstrated it in a seven-minute video. So the reason why the judge did not regard the machines is because he found that William Bailey had been given enough relief with whatever they had done in the audit, the counting of the ballots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting, 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 guys. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. I know that was a difficult report. I tried to make it as festive and, um, you know, optimistically positive as I could. <laughs> I mean, you know, guys, uh, we're going to face these types of roadblocks as we have for what seems like forever, you know. But isn't it something that we are still here right now? And in fact, there are more of us together now than there were before any of this. And I don't know. I mean, maybe I might have called a case a bummer. But, you know, how does my spirit feel right now, guys? You know, I'm still highly optimistic that there is a fighting chance better than that at the truth of the matter coming out with... Um, 
so many states that are already engaged in audits and investigations and that much more, that much many more states who are engaging in canvases. And, and what is the other thing aside from that? We have, a, we have a constituency, we have a people, we have a populace, we have party members, we have brothers and sisters who are getting involved in the election process as we have realized that um, we have to take matters into our own hands in order to ensure the continued liberties and freedoms that we have enjoyed at least in thought for the last several decades. So I guess with that, guys, we're going to wrap up today's C report. Thank you again for hanging out this afternoon. Um, I will be um, I will be watching and listening to my president, Donald Trump, tomorrow. I'll make sure to bring back a full report to you guys. And uh, hey, I'm going to get to hang out with Java tomorrow, too. So that's kind of like a twofer, right? Bonus. So amazing, guys. And it's always, like I said, there's more of us together now than there ever were. You know, like, uh, you know, my family has multiplied several dozens of times uh, when I think about, um, uh, you know, my fellow Americans out there who uh, hang out with me on the daily or the weekly, you know, whatever, you know, who's who is there, ladies and gentlemen, several times more than it used to be right? Several times more. And I thank each and every one of you, not just for being here and not just for being you, but for believing what you believe and for maintaining that will to carry on, even in the face of stories and events that would otherwise serve to defeat the downtrodden, the lowly of heart, the unfaithful. So thank you again, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for continuing in your fight and your belief for this country and what it stands for. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and then some, ladies and gentlemen, and then some. Uh, I'm going to leave you guys with one of my favorite ditties, ladies and gentlemen, um, to kind of, you know, take us on home today, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so again, guys, for everyone out there, Justice Song, Pythagy, Aurelius Locke, uh, Tam Growl, Java, Bubbles, I don't want to miss anyone, right? Philly Q, all of you guys out there who have been hanging out, Disco Ball Chaser, and hanging around and supporting the country and this show. Thanks again, guys. And uh, as always, as always, as you go out there and you fight that fine fight, or you just go out there and you get some dinner for the night... Be safe, be blessed, and God bless America. We will see you next time. Have a good night, y'all. I said, there's no way, there's no way I can make it down that ramp without falling on my ass. There's no way, there's no way General, I may grab you so fast. I don't want that. And this was a steel ramp. Really, really steep. I said, there's no way, there's no way I can make it down that ramp without falling on my ass. Inch by inch, I did me little touch, but I was ten feet short.
probably 10 yards long. Now, uh, this question is on uh, COVID. Is I think you're going to have a big surprise, a beautiful surprise, sooner than anybody would think. Uh, but the answer is... Uh, With that said, Linda. Hi, Linda. I have a question for you. What do you think is your greatest accomplishment in your eyes? American people that two large steps constitutes a run? I think I am the perfect person. 